Today is Friday, April 28th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Why are three, uh, wow, I have bad numbers. Why did we apparently go in two generations from 3% to 20% uh, of people identifying under the LGBT umbrella? I guess not the other stuff, but not the LGBTQIA plus two-spirit BIPOC, uh, but just the LGBT part. And for some reason, the, the T is included in that. But anyways, apparently that's the statistics. So in two generations, uh, it was 3% identifying as LGBT only. And now it's up to like 20%. Why is that? We talk about that and the numbers and how we got there. And I think someone cites a source. Um, I think it's from USA Today. Anyway, so what is the reason? Is it societal? Is it chemical? Is it, uh, well, let's talk. All right. Does virgin mean virgin? So uh, in the Bible, people will say that, you know, in Isaiah, it talks about, you know, virgin will give birth. And they'll say, no, 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 that can totally mean young, unmarried maiden. But yes, it can also mean virgin. Um, so does virgin mean virgin? Because uh, people would like, uh, like to think that maybe Mary, the mother of Jesus, was not a virgin. So we'll talk about that. Um, ap- apparently, I'm in a bad, <laughs> I'm a bad mod. Um, it gets away from you today. It's, it's tough, right? If people just come in and, like, throw bombs and yell and scream, they're like, I hate you, your God's alive, and just, like, start cursing, it's pretty easy to be like, okay, well, let me help you to your seat and drop them. Uh, but if there's people you have a rapport with, and there, there's two people you have rapport with, and they're both fighting with each other, um, I don't like that situation. So you'll see how I handle my mod mod job there. We eventually get it under under wraps, but, um, gosh, it's like uh, like uh, the Bible says, right? A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up conflict. You can see that live in action on this podcast, or I guess hear it live in action on this podcast. Um, it all comes back in the end, but we, we have a rabbi friend of ours who absolutely loses his crap for a little while. But um, all is well now, I guess. Um, let's see, talking in tongues. So uh, what about talking in tongues? Uh, glossolalia, you know, the fake tongues, people will say. Um, the spiritual gift of talking in tongues, the Romans uh, talking in tongues, where it's not talking in tongues, it's praying in a spiritual language. Uh, when you have groans and utterings that you don't even know what you're trying to say because you're like praying from such a desperate place, seeking God, that it just comes out as like wails or cries or maybe glossolalia, some would say. Um, is that fine? Should it be condemned? Let's find out. And then we end up with some uh, Hillsong heresy. Um, there, lots of people have said, and I, I'm just out of the loop. I have time for this. I stayed in my little corner of the internet. So I've heard, you know, what people say about like, you know, Hillsong heretics or Bethel heretics. Um, I guess I should, I should actually research some of this myself, but, um, if the rumors are true, then yeah, some problems, uh, which may explain why a lot of churches have stopped uh, singing so much of their music and worship services. Um, so I've got some homework to do anyways, check out the podcast, share the links with people, please pretty please check out the ask a christian book available for free with kindle unlimited on amazon and uh, check out the ask a christian store grab yourself a t-shirt support the podcast or you can just hit the donate link on the podcast description and send us some support to keep us going um thanks for listening and we'll see you later have an awesome weekend uh, well, I think that's the answer. I think it's going to be societal. It I mean, probably is. It pro- but I want to hear an alternative <clears> argument <throat> to that. Are you asking why people are identifying as that, or are you suggesting that more people are actually gay? Well, I, I, I only know identification, right? Because I want to know what these people are going on in their head. But the fact that it's gone from 3% to 20% in two generations is, is pretty insane.
Yeah, it probably just has to do with the stigmas around homosexuality kind of fading away. So people are just going to be more likely to adopt a, a label that has less stigma attached to it. And then, the, and, and then also when you, I mean, the umbrella is so big, like pretty much the only people not included are like, I don't know, straight white dudes. <laughs> because I mean, you know, under the LGBTQIA plus peace be upon them umbrella, you've got everything. So it's not just like, you know, people who are homosexual, like, you know, lots of people are like, no, I'm totally straight or I'm, you know, gender fluid or I'm, you know, non-binary. Like none of that has to do with who they have sex with. That's all about identity. So they would, they would identify as under this umbrella, but they're straight as straight as straight. So, it, I mean, as, as the umbrella grows, then, I mean, it's not just about like, you know, gay people. It's about like pretty much anyone, like the majority of people can fit somewhere under that umbrella and not have anything to do with like sexuality um, or, or, you know, who they're having sex with. So, I mean, that could be an answer. Like I would be interested to know the statisticians, um, how they came up with that. Cause like, yeah, you know, if you identify as like, you know, gender queer, great, you're part of the umbrella. That doesn't mean you're gay. So, and like, you know, the BIPOC two spirit, like, you know, biracial people of color who are two spirits. In this case, with this data point, though, we're only talking about LGBT, though. So 3% to 20% LGBT. Is that so? Yes, that's that, that's the data I was looking at and quoting the other day, yes. So it's only those four. Okay, well, then, you, I mean, for sexuality, you, I mean, you'd still have to remove the T, because that also doesn't mean inherently homosexual, unless that's unless you, you want to include trans just... For the heck of it, even though it's it's kind of apples and oranges. Well, I think it's still like, um, I mean, they, you know, they, I think they've elected to include it together, right? And oh, okay. the community has accepted that, so I think it, it makes sense to count. Okay. What's the source for that? Like three percent to twenty in two generations? Um, yeah, I'll I'll link it in a in like two. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things I would want uh, peer-reviewed papers for to see how they came up with this and see how they organized their data. Just because, I mean, you know, if anything, we're more skeptical of, of data and what people tell us now than ever. So, I, I mean, this is not a topic near and dear to my heart. People do what people want. But um, as far as getting accurate numbers, like, yeah, I would really want to know how they, like, where their samples are and what they did with the samples and how they came to these conclusions. I, I would have a whole lot of questions. You are the only one. Um, I will also say this. I linked it. I, I put it in the chat, mate. Okay. Uh, well, Sean, first, I, I, I would say, like, you know, a couple of things. Uh, like, societal, that's going to be my number one. Like, you know, and, and without further research. Um, I mean, it's got to be societal. But also, like, you know, you see, like, testosterone. And, like, you know, different hormones are changing and lowering. In particular, like testosterone is going down like generation I, i'm gonna mess up the numbers but it's like a significant amount from like you know the 19 whatever early night early 1900s as long as people were you know measuring this stuff um until now it's dropped significantly so just the fluctuation of this stuff um could be another very good reason or i don't know chemicals in the water but those are my top three yes Sean? I, I don't know uh with me I, I guess I guess I'm just that old school alpha male, which has been been stigmatized as something negative lately. Um, but 
I've watched my sons, pure heterosexual. I watched my daughters, pure heterosexual. Yeah, in fact, my daughters gave me my grandsons. <laughs> They're married to the uh, to the fathers. <laughs> um, I was wondering, is it perchance that uh, uh, people who think I was just wondering about this the other day. Are we for gay rights here in America under under the under the sly? And when I say that, I'm not saying marry anybody. Because I ain't marrying nobody who I ain't marrying two men and I ain't marrying two women. You can hang that up. Man, a man and a dog and none of that. None of that foolishness. But do I believe you have the right to work here in America and enjoy the rights of a citizen here in the United States? Of course. You born here, you're a citizen. Bottom line. But when I think about these other things, do we really say, uh, why aren't we standing up? Why isn't the church standing up? And when I when I'm saying the church, I'm saying the church as a whole, not the Roman Catholic. I know that sends off dog whistles at you. <laughs> but what what do we think? Are we for certain rights and against certain privileges? Let me use that term. Because when I think about the privileges that they want, and it's been granted. Uh, yeah. I mean, without going Go down this rabbit hole again, I I don't know. Um, kind of whatever the Christian version of live and let live is, like, you know, not, not forcing our beliefs on other people. Um, so what, you know, what is, what is, I don't know. What are, what are the, the big rights that have, that would conflict with religion? Um, you know, like I, and then, you know, since we're talking about government, it's got to intersect somewhere with the political spectrum. So, I mean, you know, fair housing. Sure. Don't care about that. I, I mean, you know, whether or not you're saved or not, um, you know, sure. Right. Have a place to live. Um, you know, so a lot of things like Christianity, like even though we we would say the lifestyle is sinful, um, like regardless of that, like, yeah, you should be able to get food, clothing, shelter, housing, like just like anyone else. I think most Christians would would be like, yeah, sure. Let, let them have a house like we, we don't want to, like, make people live in a desert. Um, so, I mean, well, the only thing would be like Christians would, you know, have a problem with like the, the maybe the, the gay marriage. But again, like that's that's not even between between God. I mean, unless they're professing Christians, too, and want to do it in a church um, and force a pastor to marry them. But if it's just like a state certificate, I mean, gosh, I would think Christians increasingly have a problem with getting married in the eyes of the government anyway, um, because that's about as far as from Christ as you can be um, getting married in the eyes of Caesar. Um so, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot. Well, hang on. Uh, we have a bad habit of losing people who are new because we talk too long. Um, Ryan, I don't think I recognize you before you run off. Um, did you want to say anything? Question, comment? I'm running. I'm getting out of here. You guys are crazy. No, I'm just joking. Thanks for bringing me up. Yeah, I was just uh, jumping in. Heard your guys' conversation. It, you know, it just said, uh, 
you know, the title, ask a Christian a, a question, you know, so um, I was just seeing what you guys were talking about, but, you know, I think as far as the LGBTQ uh, plus minus um, whatever else goes on there, you know, I, uh, I think it's, it's meant to be pushed on people and especially these young kids to divide, um, you know, cause Christ was always meant to bring together. Um, he was never meant to divide, even though eventually, you know, because of Christ, it also said that, you know, father will turn against mother or son will turn against father and father against son, you know, under the context, I get that. But I think that as this nation was found, supposedly found, you know, under the, the morals of, of God. And I think since God's been taken out of the schools and the church has been pushed back and that, you know, most people listen to legacy media that it just, it, it, it caused division. And I think that that's just part of the division. And that's why, you know, it, it's it's so funny to sit here and watch people contradict themselves. And they say, oh, you know, you, you Christians are so bigotry, you're bigots, you guys are homophobes, you do all this and that. And yet they want to go out and protest against Christians. And it's like, man, it's funny that you guys don't even realize that you're becoming the thing that you said, you know, that you hate. Um, so, you know, you talk about love and peace and that you're so acceptable. I don't understand why you can't accept other people's, you know, thoughts and opinions on it. Oh, I mean... You know, a lot of the people that, you know, talk about that and love and peace, you know, they're they're looking at that so far back in, in the rearview window. Um, yeah. Like, you know, how, how the common kind of trope is, um, you know, as, as like non-Christians toward Christians is, you know, there's there's no hate quite like Christian love. Ha ha. Get it. Point taken. I understand. So like, you know, get the Westboro Baptist churches, which is like a handful. And that's about the that, that's about the completion of your case. Uh, most of us are, are not like that. But, well, you know, the same thing, it's like, you know, there's there's no intolerance quite like the uh, LGBTQIA plus uh, inclusion or like there, however you want to like say that. It's like it's like, you know, when you've got one when you're like pointing at someone, it's like when you've got one finger pointing at someone, you've got three pointing back at you, that type thing. So it's like, you know, if they want to, you know, bag on like, you know, Christian failings, sure, admit it. But don't act like there's not your own. It's like, you know, you want to say you're like so inclusive, but there's no exclusion quite like LGBTQIA plus inclusivity. Um, yeah, Reb. No, I was just going to add, like, I think just to, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I would just expand it, though. It's not just Westboro Church. I think you could point to people like Johnny Hawes as demonstrating not necessarily the <laughs> I greatest don't know him Christianity. At all. Yeah. I'll just trust you because I, I don't know the guy. Fair enough. Reb's being accurate. He's being accurate. Okay. Is he a... a Famous person, or is he just like a YouTube he guy? Is, he is like hardcore Calvinist. He's like, uh, I don't know, let's call him, uh, uh, what's that Gladiator movie? Um, 300. 300? Like he's, yeah, yeah, he's like the 300 version of the Calvinist. Well, yeah, is he like well known, or is he just no, like. No, no, Clubhouse Denizen. He's also got a book. He's a Clubhouse Denizen. He'll, he'll hang around here uh, along okay. with Matt Adams. It's like the Matt Adams. Uh, Johnny Hawes, no, 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 used to be John Lee kind of club. No, 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 no. Same, same, sorry, same level of celebrity. But even so, so what you're saying is that most people that identify as LGBT, they're, I, they are saying that all Christians, because of one or two or three guys, you know, have a bad stigma and say hateful things, that all Christians are like that. So we're just being painted as a broad spectrum, broad group. Well, that's also like what Michael, you know, peace be upon him, would call a bad faith actor, right? So like for, for the people who are reasonable, 
Um, we're not going to say that. I'll be like, what I just said about the LGBTQIA plus community piece people on them, um, you know, that, that only describes a portion, not all. And to the LGBTQIA plus, my goodness, people are just going to have to, there's got to be a simpler way to say this every time we want to talk about them and also not mess up the thing. Anyways, just like people under the LGBTQIA plus umbrella, uh, if they're being fair and reasonable, we're like, yes, we get it. It's only a portion of Christianity, you know, just like it's a portion of Islam. Uh, just like a portion of, you know, Judaism, just, just like everyone has good and bad adherence and people of everything, just like it's only a portion of crappy scientists who take bribes and take money uh, to falsify data. Uh, but there are also scientists with integrity who don't do that. So, you know, to the fair and to the good faith actor, um, we don't need to have so many qualifiers. We get it. And if someone needs all these qualifiers, then I, I don't have time to talk to that person. <laughs> uh, T.S., what's up, T.S.? Hello. Uh... Yeah, I saw the title and I uh, thought of a question that I would love to ask a uh, Christian. Um, how many sins are we allowed to atone for? So if someone is being a uh, faulty literalist, they'll say something like, you know, you need to be forgiven 470 times. That's like seven times a seven or whatever. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. It's unending. There's no way, first of all, to keep track of your own personal sins, um, you know, we have done things that fall short so of God's if standard we're allowed without to, even knowing it. If we're allowed to attend for an uh, unlimited amount of sins, wouldn't that basically make all humans Christians? If they trust in Christ to save. And by the way, it's not 470, it's 490, my bad. Bad at math. But uh, yeah, so I mean, the whole point is it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter how many sins someone has committed or lack thereof. We have all committed at least one sin which is the point. So if we've committed one sin, which we can hand wave and pretty much everyone on earth is going to say, okay, by the Christian definition of, you know, falling short of some God standard, if that story is true, then yes, we, we have all committed some type of sin. So it doesn't matter if it's one or like a thousand or a billion. The point is if someone is trusting Christ to forgive them and save them, and I was trying to follow Christ and repent, and believe the gospel, that person is good. If the person with only one sin, as if that's possible, um, has not repented and followed Christ, well, then, you know, they're at odds with God. Okay, I like your There's answer. not a sin threshold. Nope. Well, what, is, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what perspective are you uh, coming uh, from? Uh, honestly, I'm just agreeing with everything you're, sa you're saying. I don't really have a topic of conversation to elaborate off of that. So, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I... Appreciate the question. Does anyone else have anything to add? Uh, Sean, would you like to add well, anything to well, that? Well, yes. What, what makes you the coolest journal? And by Sean, I guess I meant CEO. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean's not speaking, so I guess I did mean CEO. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask TS. I was engaging the new person in conversation, Nate. Oh, he's gone. I was at, trying to ask oh. what made him the coolest. Uh, I didn't know you looked like me, CEO. You were, I called on you. You were silent for like 20 seconds, Sean. Uh, Don't I, the uh, I was I was indisposed and I wasn't going oh. to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw his tag that he was in search of a virtual girlfriend. I was going to ask about that. Oh, uh? the, the guy's okay. tagline. He said like coolest journalist, which piqued CEO's interest. And then I saw he was in search of a virtual girlfriend, which I was going to have some questions about. I think that guy's question was. I was wondering if he's coming from the Muslim perspective, because I, I believe if I read the Quran, it said somewhere along the lines that they believe that everybody's born is a Muslim at one time and they just fall away from the faith. And that's where they become infidels. And... 
Well, I mean, they also say Jesus was a Muslim, even though Islam didn't exist for like seven centuries after Jesus. But sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I say everybody born. Everybody was born at one time and was a Muslim. They just fell away from it. So that's kind of what it seemed like the perspective he was coming. Great sarcasm. Um, you know, a lot of folks don't, according to the the traditions that Abraham and Ishmael Kaaba, their um, their big shrine in in Mecca, in uh, Mecca. I'm going to say these things. Is it possible that Abraham? was a moon-worshipping pagan. So I'm going to use that term again. So that's what I was really going to talk about when I came up in here. Uh, yes. But we know that he had an encounter with the true God. And from there and from him, our progenitor of faith, the seed that came through his line, was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Anything else after that is uncivilized because Muhammad is nowhere in the Bible. The Quran always quotes from the Bible. The Bible never quotes from the Quran. <laughs> and if anyone wonders why, it's because the Bible couldn't quote from the Quran because the Quran didn't exist for many, many hundreds of years later. And to add to that, the Quran even confirms the scriptures that was with the Jews as being from supposed Allah, their God. Not to mention, not to mention, their own book has the virgin birth in it. <laughs> their own book, which, which really makes me laugh, which really, really makes me laugh tells them that if they have a question about anything, they should ask the people of the book. And who was who the people of the book? Jews and Christians. And then it also says, you know, melt their belly fat and, you know, stick them with hot irons uh, when you see them. So, you know, um, someone wants to ask a question from afar, great, but, you know, I'll keep my distance from the hot pokers. Yeah, I will too, even though I have family members who are Muslim. So I... I, I I and I don't keep from when they're my cousin. They matter of fact, they're my first cousins. The tripped out thing is their mother changed their name to Arabic names. Their real name, my my cousin, was named after his father. His name was changed. And what? Uh, well, <laughs> you ask you ask what um, book has the virgin birth in it? Um, you know, because I know it's mostly about the New Testament. But I was just reading Isaiah. Um, you know, I actually haven't heard an a Orthodox Jewish perspective, but there's a lot of stuff in there about, like, you know, we'll give birth, uh, you know, of a, of a virgin or stuff like that, right? So, um, I, I mean, I just read this, like, two days ago, but uh, between Abba and Chris, I mean, the Old Testament, the Torah has some stuff about virgin birth in it, right? Well, depends how you deal with those Hebrew words, right? Um, there's a, there are at least three words that are used in these various contexts. We have Alma, we have Na'ara, and we have Betula. All of them indicate something about not being married. Some of them may indicate something about not having had sex. 
and some of right so there's a we need to be precise about what word is being what in other words when it says alma will give birth does that what's remarkable about that is that she's giving birth because she's unmarried and unmarried women don't usually do is it sort of miraculous because she's a virgin maybe other reasons right so the virgin the view of virgin birth as being read back into the christian bible is one that is required for the theology that Christianity created. So it's it not, would be it's not clear. It's not clear at all that those passages mean to say virgin. That is to say, someone who didn't have have not yet had sex. Okay, it might so mean the, <clears throat> young girl. It might mean unmarried girl, right? Okay. So, so in the worst case scenario. Uh, even you wouldn't say like like whoever the most staunch person is in the worst case scenario, they wouldn't say it absolutely does not mean virgin. It would just be ambiguous and then say, well, it could. I don't think so, but it, it like they wouldn't say it definitely does not mean that. So like you know Paul or you know the the Jews oh, who became well, Christians say, and saw no, that. I, no, uh, most Jews and most Orthodox rabbis and scholars would say no. It absolutely doesn't mean that, and we know that because we know exactly how the Bible wants to say virgin as in not person who has not yet had sex and in the passages that that christians refer to that's not what those words mean in those passages um according to orthodox reading okay and then so all the like all the jewish people who did recognize christ the messiah and you know i guess they would say are the right jews or whatever and you would say are converts to christianity all of those people who were like complete orthodox jewish people but then recognize christ as messiah they would read that as totally a virgin birth, and then they would say yes, and you would say no, and they would just disagree, right? Why do you kind why do that. you think that why do you think that the Jews who became Christians are the most Orthodox Jews? Uh, hang on, I don't know if you mean something different by orth Orthodox. I mean like people like if you had a Jewish brother, like an actual like biological brother who is a Jewish person, so like the same same Jewish belief, right? Like observant Jewish beliefs, whatever. Um, that's what I mean. So someone who's like but you're talking yeah. about, but you're talking about the people in the first century, right? Sure. Right. So my question is, is why do you think that the people who came to believe in Jesus were more, were being quote unquote, better Jews than the ones who didn't? No, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to make the case of a better Jew. I'm, I'm trying to make the case of like, they were Jews. It's not like they were like, like, they were you know, Jews. Yeah. Look, there were Jews. Listen, if you want to think if you want to think about what the kind of narrative, what's the story that the Bible tells all the time about miraculous births? It's not about virgins giving birth. It's about people who are barren, people who are infertile being able to give birth. Now that's a different kind of miracle. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, sure. if, but right, so I think if you think about what the overall thrust about mothers and children in the Bible is, and especially in Genesis, what we find is that the idea of virgin birth isn't really there. What we have is Sarah, who's barren, and Rebecca, who's, right, all these people have trouble in their pregnancy, but it's not that they're virgins, right? Well, right. I think you're trying to make a different point than I am, though, and then I know Chris is trying to speak, too, and we have other people, too. But, um, no, the, the only point I'm trying to make is just to, to be like, well, the people, the Jewish people, not saying who's a better Jew or worse Jew, just a Jewish person that everyone would be like, oh, yeah, he's a Jew. He's a Jew. I'm a Jew, you know, to the Jewish people. So those who recognize Christ the Messiah, you know, who wrote, uh, you know, who wrote the New Testament, 
And they, they certainly uh, seemed very, I mean, you know, Paul had to pull Peter back because he wanted to go back into the Jewish law and customs and stuff like that. And Paul's like, no, no, no. So, I mean, they were, they were very much in their Jewish faith. Um, that's what I mean. Those people, you know, who wrote the Bible, the New Testament, were very convinced it was actually a, a virgin. That's what I'm saying. So it would basically just be a disagreement. And you would say what you said about, well, no, no, it doesn't mean she has to be a virgin. And they'll be like, well, we see it's a virgin. And the angel said, you know, virgin, and we, we believe virgin. So that's what we mean. And you guys would just disagree, both being Jews. It, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and there are probably several other views extant at the time period. Right. In other okay. words, we don't we don't want to say these ones had the authentic um, Jewish reading and this other Jewish group didn't and this other. Right. In other words, we know that there were more than just the Jesus movement and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Dead Sea people. There were others. Right. We don't have lots of their stuff, but we know this was a highly sectarian environment where the battle for religious authority amongst the Jews was taking place. And that had to do with interpretation of scripture all kinds of other stuff related to the Romans and social society and things like that, right? So what's happening is a battle for authority, right? And some people are going to be, as you said, Nate, dumb literalists, as I heard you say before. Some people are going to be like that and say, oh, eh, it says virgin, that means virgin. And some people are not. <laughs> the Dead Sea people. Uh, yeah, Chris, okay. what do you want to say? In the oh, so, uh, were you done? The Dead Sea people, right? That's like the, that's like the sand people <laughs> in Star Wars. The Dead Sea <laughs> In, in Florida, in Florida, we have uh, we have you know the seasonal people. Everyone calls them snowbirds. I started calling them uh, snow people just because it makes me makes me think of like abominable snowman or something. It just makes them, I don't know more of a pejorative, but it makes me laugh. The snow people. They're like they're snowbirds. I'm like maybe the nice ones, but there's plenty of like snow people. Okay, Chris. What's up, Chris? Yeah. So so the reason so the reason that we take um, Alma, which just means and correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, rabbi, it just means young woman, or, you know, it can mean maiden, um, and it can connote um, virgin, it can connote an unmarried woman, but it doesn't necessarily mean, it's not the specific Hebrew word for virgin. Is that is that correct, Rabbi? Right, right. So the question is, is when it uses that word that has a larger semantic range, what part of the rat range is it pointing us to, given that there is another word that has a narrower range that we that more often is used as virgin. Right. So, so what, what we would say in new Testament and in, in Christian theology is that when the new Testament author quotes the verse in Matthew, that the virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, the, Hold on, give me the verse. Matthew, what? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Sorry. I'm sure one of my fellow Christians I have my, this. I have my New Testament for Jews out. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. What? There's a volume. I'm not joking. There's a, I'm sitting here with a book. It's called The Jewish Annotated New Testament. Isaiah 7, 14. Well, I want to know Isaiah 7, 14. He wants to know that. Line in Matthew. Wait, it's so Matthew 1, 23. Okay, so let, I, let's see what this note says here. It's going to say something. Okay, okay. Because I think that'll be interesting. One, 23. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him, name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Okay, now this uses the NRSV English. Okay, so the note here says, 
virgin. Matthew quotes the Greek translation of Isaiah 7:14, which reads, Parthenos, uh, see the virgin birth, page four, Emmanuel, literally God with us, frames the gospel. Um, 25, okay, so verse 25, but had no marital relations until she had born a son. Okay, so that's important here. It says, the phrase does not preclude their having relations after Jesus' birth. The view of Mary's perpetual virginity develops in the second century, according to this. Okay, so if it develops in the second century, and we want to say Matthew is earlier than that, then he might not mean virginity. Um, quick question, and, and then I want... Uh, and by the way, if it's, true, if it's true that he's quoting the Septuagint and not the original, that's significant too. Right, right, right. Hang on, hang on, wait, real quick. Um, I, I want to get the other people too, because again, we still have a bad habit of people showing up and then leaving because we take all the oxygen. Me too, my bad. But I mean, is that kind of like where it says, you know, you're arguing over virgin and young maiden because of the difference of a word when either word could mean virgin, um, but one would be maybe more specific. Is that kind of like when, when people will say like, well, it says theos, that just means God. And we're like, it's in the Christian Bible. They're clearly talking about Yahweh. And it's like, well, why does it say Yahweh then? Is that kind of one of those things? Like it could, you know, Theos, of course it means Yahweh. But just because they use the, the umbrella term, they're like, how do you know they're not talking about Zeus? So is that kind of like the, the same idea of like, well, it, young, it means young maiden, which could mean virgin, but it could also mean just young maiden. When it's like, okay, well, clearly, you know, we believe it means virgin. Is that kind of one of those things? If someone could quickly answer that, because I want to call on yeah, the I'm other. I'm trying. Thing. So, so, so basically, the reason that we say Alma in Isaiah 7:14 is referring to a virgin is because the New Testament author is reading that back into the passage for us. Um, it could mean either way. Um, the revelation that we get from God is that in that passage, it is talk. He is specifically talking about significance instead of meaning and this is a this is a whole this gets into a whole hermeneutical study that we're not going to get into right now but basically unless, he's and let, and, ahead, unless sorry. you guys want to get into it we can but no. you know the the idea here right nobody wants to do that so so the idea here is that new testament writers will often quote old testament passages um and they're not looking to the Old Testament passage for the original meaning that the author would have written into the passage. Isaiah, for instance, or the most famous one is in Matthew as well as Hosea 11.1. 1. They're quoting these passages for the, the cultural significance surrounding that so that people get an idea and a feel. And so, you know, this is what we call a dual prophecy. It would have a fulfillment in the in the Isaiah in the prophecy of Isaiah, but because the New Testament also quotes it, then we also would give it a messianic um, a uh, a messianic view as well. And so this is what we call a dual prophecy in theology. Hang on one second, Tippy. I want to I have some sort of order. Uh, Travis was saying a lot of stuff in chat, um, so I wanted to give them a chance to say it in audio, and then we're going to the right to you, Tippy. Yeah, so, uh, Ch Travis. Sorry, Tippy's probably a little bit more studied on this than I am, but I would be interested in seeing if the word uh, Alma is ever used of a non-virgin, and I would also be interested uh, in knowing why the uh, the New Testament authors would have appealed to a, a Jewish translated uh, source of the Old Testament. 
So this this uh, would have been well. The second question is easement. The second question okay. is easement. Yeah, no problem. They didn't, this, well, they didn't they read or write. They didn't read or write or speak Hebrew. Oh, okay. So the people that translate. So they have to. They agent. they cannot. They do, They don't know how to deal with the Hebrew. They can only. They only know the Greek. Yeah. So the people that translated the Hebrew Not into only. Greek. So the Jews that translated the Hebrew into Greek had no idea what they were doing. With the Hebrew? No, of course they did, but the conceptual, but what they did, right? In other words, the Greek of the third century before the common era, whatever that word meant then, I assume was translated according to the rabbinic opinion at that time in Alexandria. By the time you get to the idea, as Chris said, this sort of innovative theology around that word, it then gets read in backwards because later the Greek concept Parthenos became something else, but that probably wasn't what it was then. So the question is, what those various questions? What did it mean in Mark? What is sorry? What did it mean in Matthew when Matthew was written? What did the people around Matthew when Matthew was written? Is he being faithful to the to the landscape of contemporary discussion around that word? Right? Is he representing an authentic tradition? And then a third question about what did the rabbinic translators of the to of the Old Testament into Greek? mean when they did that so all three of those things are happening at the same time i think chris's answer was the best one right this is a reworking right well i don't think so well, let's give uh, let's well hang on let's give tippy a chance to one up chris yeah, <laughs> tippy. I, don't, I don't think this is a reworking though i was asking also is the word alma ever used of a non-virgin no, it's, it, yeah, it's not it's a so actually the greek septuagint which comes 200 years before Christ, um, which is translated by Jews, they do uh, they do render this as virgin, um, where you guys would say, oh, no, it should be Betula, but Betula doesn't always mean virgin. We can see this in Genesis 24, uh, verse 16, Judges 21, verse 12, and Joel 1, verse 8, whereas in <clears throat> um, Alama always means a virgin ready for marriage, and we see this in Genesis 24, 43, Exodus 2, verses 5 through 6, Psalm 68, 25, and, so and Song of Solomon 1. Uh, one verses one through three. So, and even Rashi says that this word means virgins. So this is a Jewish, uh, you know, <clears throat> the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, saying that Alamon means virgins. Well, so let's say, let's just take that, let's take that for a second, right? It's still, the, let's say, I'll just take that for the purposes of argument, right? It still doesn't mean that Isaiah is referring to Jesus. So question. Let me read a short. Let me read a short. Yeah, I just want to know who, who who the virgin birth is. Then who is that about? Can I, can I, let me just say, wait, wait, wait so, hang on. Let me just let me just point out a little distinction real fast because we're about to switch. Um, so as far as as far as virgin, there's that argument. So note that. And now if we're going to move to another conversation, like if we've settled, I think Abba said for argument's sake, he'll just concede just just for argument's sake to move on. Uh, so note that so far, virgin means virgin in this discussion, and now we're talking about how does virgin mean Jesus? Yeah. Okay, not, continue. But, but also, Abba, so, I think Abba was saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are two. Those are the. Those are not the same questions. It's important to know that those aren't the same question. You can have Isaiah meaning virgin without necessarily Isaiah having to point to Jesus. And here's let me just a short paragraph here. This is from a book called. You take Jesus, I'll take God. How to refute Christian missionaries? Um, very interesting little book written in the seventies. Oh, 1980. Okay. Um, so it goes like this. Okay. 
Isaiah 7.14 is the basis of the virgin birth story. However, he says, if one reads the entire chapter, one sees the flaw immediately. The birth of the child, Emmanuel, was to be a sign from God to King Ahaz, who lived at least 500 years before Jesus. If the Christians are correct, then God is an idiot, for he's promising a sign to Ahaz that will convince Ahaz not to worry at all about the two invading armies, and this sign will appear 500 years later. This is obviously absurd. In addition, as okay, so... Let's look at the context. Do, do you want me? If to... it's really pointing, one second, uh, okay. one second. I was just going to ask if you want to One second, one second. I was going to ask if you want to Wait a second, please. Oh, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish uh, the comment. Uh, hang, hang Let me finish the comment. Let me just finish the comment. Oh, but I, I hate to do this, but is it possible? I, I know no one likes being interrupted, and apologies, but is it possible? It sounded like Tippy was going to ask you to clarify in what you were saying. I, I know. That I, was literally, I was literally about to end the sentence. Okay, let me end the sentence and then we can continue the conversation. If he's quoting that, right? If he's quoting that accurately, we need to ask about that prophecy in its own context. Does it make sense for King Ahaz to receive a thing about his contemporary time, about two invading armies, but it's not going to happen until 500 years later? Does that make any sense? I would say no, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so then, yeah, then it poses a problem for Jewish people because what you're saying is that you have unfulfilled prophecy. Um, and remember here that that Ahaz refused the sign of Emmanuel and turned the king, uh, the king of and turned to the king of Assyria. The sign was for the benefit of the Jewish people then and in the future. God was restoring the lost faith not only for Ahaz's generation but for future generations of the Jewish people. So, um. My question is now, when was this prophecy fulfilled in Ahaz's time? Because if it's not fulfilled in Ahaz's time where a Jewish actually con a Jewish woman actually conceives, a virgin conceives, then when is it fulfilled? I don't know. But it's not it's not the birth of Jesus. No, of course it can't be. Why could it be? But it's definitely not for Ahaz then either, right? Well, Ahaz, because right. Ahaz, so there's no both, virgin that has so conceived. That's fine. So then you're wrong, and I'm. Well, Virgin also like means like nation. Well, wait. If if you if you're both wrong, then that means Isaiah's wrong, and he should be put to death as a false prophet. Right. Did they, someone, yes, exactly. Did they, someone miss that? What's interesting is they know it's not Jesus, but don't know who it was. Right. Remember, Ahaz Ahaz didn't ask for a sign. God's going to give this miraculous sign, and we're supposed to believe that that we're going to walk out the door and see a pregnant woman. Now, this is all there was to do back then, people, was farm and make babies. And this was going to be the great <laughs> miraculous sign that God gave was a pregnant woman. Yeah. Come on now. It makes God oh, a liar God. is what it does. It makes God well, a liar in this case. If you're going to say that this is a sign for Ahaz, Ahaz has been dead for how long? Ahaz didn't get that sign. This well, is a, we've got a like, future prophecy. Yeah, we've got like three three different uh, trolls we can go down. So let's let's figure out which one. Um, I guess I'll pick. <laughs> uh, well, Abba. So if you said you know we can both both be wrong, you know you conceded earlier that virgin meant virgin. I guess we can concede that we can both be wrong for purposes of this argument. Of course, we don't think we're wrong. But I mean, if you're like, yeah, it would be an unfulfilled prophecy. Well, I mean, clearly, observant Jews don't think that. Otherwise, you know, they they probably wouldn't have the Book of Isaiah and the Torah, right? Like if he if this prophecy didn't come true, then he would be um, a pariah, not someone regarded as like a good prophet, right? So 
obviously they think the prophecy was somehow fulfilled. Otherwise, Isaiah was wrong, right? So, so why that's a good question. Isaiah... So I think there is there is sometimes confusion about whether signs or prophecies have come to pass, right? Let me give, read you a note from my Jewish study Bible um, regarding this from Isaiah, right? The Emmanuel passage. Um, Isaiah provides a sign, the point of which is either to clarify his message, which uh, comes in chapter 20, or to verify it, the sign in Judges 6. It's not clear whether the sign is the woman's pregnancy, the child's birth, his name, or his diet, nor is it clear when the sign comes to pass immediately, if the sign is his name, soon, at birth, or several years into the future. Similarly, ambiguities occur in the case of other biblical signs. See, for example, Exodus 3. I can read the next bit about Alma if you want. Yeah, it, it's the question about the question about the question about when did this happen? Was it fulfilled? Well, it seems to be ambiguous, even according it's not. to the text. So, uh, so Tippy, you're asking what uh, I'm representing what Jewish views are. Okay, I'm Perfect. not battling. I'm not battling truth or correctness or anything like that. Okay, so you can say it's not, and I can say it is, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that's, here for that. I'm not here for fine. that. Listen, that's okay. fine. I'm saying it's not ambiguous if you actually read the New Testament because we know who the Virgin is. We've known who the Virgin is from Genesis three fifteen. Of course, it's not ambiguous if you already have a later text that tells you what the earlier. You mean a fulfilled like. prophecy? You you're right. No, if we have fulfilled no, prophecy, no. we have. We have revelation not, of fulfilled prophecy. It's not ambiguous. Listen, we I'm know who saying, El Gabor is. We know who we know who the the one. Tippi, the, Tippi, the I think one, you're misunderstanding. I'm not misunderstanding. misunderstanding. Saying that yes, you without you the revelation of the New Testament, this would seem ambiguous, but it's not. God is true to His word. Tippy, I understand. Tippy, chill, chill. I'm not making a religious point. You're making a religious. Why are you using I'm religious text if you're not making a religious point? That makes no sense truth uh, no i listen, think he's trying to explain. no <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not here to take down anyone's theology believe what you want okay i'm just saying let's read good okay sure, and if you're saying read well read well he, he's that making was a, joke. a joke jesus <laughs> fucking christ sorry please don't blaspheme please don't blaspheme i know but honestly like You've had, are you it, Jewish, it, it, Abba? Are you oh, Jewish? Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 Hang on, everyone reset. Okay, wait, 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 chill out, okay. take a breath. I apologize. Wait, 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 hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Of course, it's fine. It's forgiven. Yeah, we like to have a little little calmer tone. I enjoy this. I just don't want, you know, I would like people to be able to not interrupt, but have a, you know, dialogue back and forth. Um, this, I didn't realize this was going to be so contentious, but yeah, I would like us to all be able to keep it together because I am thoroughly enjoying this discussion, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of also on eggshells. So as long as we can, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, have a little sure. grace, um, that's fine. Yeah. Nate, let's continue as long as we can. I, I, I apologize. Here's my, I shouldn't have said that. I don't mean to, I'm not here to insult anybody's faith. Okay. That's not what I'm here to do. It's frustrating. However, when the comments that I'm making are misconstrued and misunderstood, here's what I'm saying. Okay. If you already are convinced, right, that the Jesus events are fulfillments of Hebrew Bible prophecy, then you're always going to find in the Old Testament prophecy the fulfillment of that. But if you don't start, and that's, and, and I want to just say this clearly as a matter of history, that was how this happened. 
This wasn't people reading the Hebrew Bible and saying that, look, it's come to pass. They were saying, look at the events of history and let's find some stuff to match it up with in the Hebrew Bible. Mm -hmm. We know that that happened. And we know that that happened because other kinds of Jewish groups did the same exact thing at the same exact time. All, then, pinning it on, oh. all pinning it on older, older texts. Okay, so, I'm, so Tippy, please believe whatever you want to believe. Okay, Are you but serious? if I, what's the well, difference? No, well, I because I want to well, know well, what, what your, I just want to know what your objective moral standard is that you adhere to. That's okay. not relevant. Well, hang on, That's hang not on. relevant to this. No, Tippy. Okay, well, so, well, wait, 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 Nate, 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 please, please. I'm a big boy. I'm, I want. I if I could mute everyone as fast as I want to, I would have muted everyone by now. It, unfortunately, it takes me a while because Clubhouse sucks. But no, uh, Rabbi, to your point though. What you were saying, like, you know, even if people, you know, read back, you know, are reading hindsight, um, it still doesn't make it wrong. And, you know, I mean, if you, again, just a thought, um, if you want to take that, I mean, it doesn't mean it's wrong. And if God wanted it to be this way, then that's how it is. So I, I take your point. Right. But yes, people, yeah. people can be people can be reading stuff backwards. Yeah. But also, you know, the claim of, you know, the claim of the Christian would be, well, if God wants it to be that way, then that's the way it should be. And it would be sort of like Isaiah's at nine or 40 or something where it talks about, you know, People, if they, if they, you know, like seeing the, uh, having eyes they don't see and having ears they don't hear, that type of stuff, or, you know, why Jesus talks in parables and things like that. Like, if God wanted this to be read into it, hindsight, for the benefit of a bunch of Christians 2,000 years in the future, um, sure, it doesn't make it wrong. I mean, I guess I mean, you would have to concede to that, but, but it's a very small bar. Nate, okay. can I respond I before that, I lose the topic? That, no, because no, I, Tippy. No, no, Tippy, because you're going to say your stage? that this Jew, Is this your stage? No, excuse uh -huh. me, Nate. Wait, whoa, hang on, hang on. Nate, I'm, I'm very wait, nervous wait, wait, about oh, what's uh, going to happen next. Nate, I'm very uh, well, nervous hang, about what's going to happen next. I, I know I'm, I'm nervous too, but we're not going down like objective moral standard because I don't have the bandwidth for it. But okay. uh, well, Rabbi, Rabbi, you got to not yell. That's that's hurting yeah. my ears severely. And Tippy, okay. is that what you want to do? Because I can't get into like worldviews and stuff like that. No, I no, no. So, so I just I, because I need to know what his position is so that I know how to examine his argument correctly. And and I that's think why we I, do at this point. <laughs> okay, so so let me just say that um, I was raised atheist. Uh, no, the Jews didn't have like a new t uh, the, the 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 Jews at the time that were following the Messiah were not uh, reading into the New Testament. They were actually reading Old Testament because the Old Testament tells you exactly who the who the Messiah is, what time frame he's going to come and and what he's going to do. And the, the full Old Testament, it tells you exactly that. And it even tells you that the Messiah is going to um, carry the divine name. So so we don't need the New Testament for anything. Tippy, why okay, wasn't so Jesus the... called Tippy? Tippy, why wasn't Jesus called Emmanuel? He is. He's God with us. Oh, where? He tabernacles. Where is he called that? He where is he called that? He tabernacles with that. people. Where is he called that in the Christian Bible? It's called that right His here. name. His name right there. <laughs> when he says where? that he is God, that is literally where? God with us. Okay, no, so I'm going to say, where gonna... is he called that? If the prophecy is true, right? If Isaiah is true, mm -hmm. then we would have expected that when he was born, that would have been what he was called. That's not what he was called. Where Why is he called that? That's that? where it's when he exactly when he is born. They were worshiping no, Jesus. No, no, I'm saying baby. Tippy, they tippy, knew, tippy, they tippy. knew that no, he no, was. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're misunderstanding my You question. keep interrupting me, Abba. You have because to you under, you, Because you've misunderstood To be fair, this is you a crap show and everyone's question. interrupting everyone. Well, oh, okay, you so I think what you're saying, Abba, so if you're saying, why was he named Jesus? Why wasn't he named Emmanuel? Well, I mean, that's also like, that's also. 
no, 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 hold on. Let's stay on the let's stay on the source. We're looking at Matthew, right? It says, Thou shalt call, and Matthew's quoting Isaiah, right? And it says in Matthew, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. And here he brings the quote: Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth, blah, 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 and his name shall be called Emmanuel. But they just said his name is Jesus. Where, why doesn't he call him Emmanuel? So, so, so what does it mean? Right. What well, it, uh, hang on. I'm just going to start like dropping people. Like, I mean, I guess as a moderator, I mean, I should occasionally get to chip in. But Rabbi, that or that's also reading into it a little bit, right? Because if his name's called Emmanuel, then I, like I knew where you were going. You're like, well, why is he called Jesus? I mean, you know, he's also called different translations. Like, he's also has different names. He's also I called, you know, Prince. Of, he, he's also called Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, all these things. So, how do we know that Mary wasn't like? Oh, this but is those Emmanuel. Aren't names. No, 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 no. Okay, but name Chris, side. Ah! Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, Emmanuel's not a name either. It's it's a okay. title. Okay, everyone, just take a chill. I don't even know what to do. Um, we're gonna move on. That's what we're gonna do. Talk about something like less contentious, like politics. <laughs> but no, the point. So I under. Okay, good point, Rabbi. I take your point. It's a, it's a title, not a name. But there's no way, you know, there's no way to know that his name was not called Emmanuel. That's like you know, I'm called Nathan is my actual name. People mistakenly call me Nathaniel. People, most people call me Nate. So they're like, how is his name not called Nate, uh, Nathan? They're like, oh, it is. Everyone just calls him Nate. People also, uh, I mean, you know, people also have different nicknames. So I know this is like us reading something in our culture back 2,000 years, but we can't say that his name was never called Emmanuel. I mean, just just saying. Again, it's not a point anyone can prove or not prove. Um, maybe we'll find a lost gospel or an extra chapter of Mark that's like, oh, and his name was totally called Emmanuel. And then everyone just started calling him Jesus because of something to do with the woodworking. That's all I'm trying to say. But, okay, this topic has ran its course. Sorry for dropping everyone, but good Lord. Um, everyone's in a certain way today. Um, let's move to a different conversation. A uh, guy with a dot for a name. What's up? Nate, don't act like you don't know this is Harold. <laughs> I should drop you two for keep doing this. What's on your mind, Harold? No. Good morning to y'all, man. I actually just came up uh, real fast. I wanted to ask Chris if you could send me uh, any information regarding tongues. I just came from a room uh, where a guy was uh, asking everybody's opinions on tongues. And of course, me personally, now I don't believe, I don't believe in the ba 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 sha da da ba da da ba da da. You know, I don't believe in that. Uh, I believe it's something way different. So. Well, I mean, Chris, if he's listening, I, I thought he was on the phone, but I mean, if he's listening, he'll give you all the reasons back. why tongues is not a thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Chris. He did ask you. Why? Wait, why glossolalia is not a thing? Yeah, if you could send me, well, you could break that down, but if you could send me information on that and then also uh, the information pertaining to like breaking down the resurrection and how important it is and all the evidence of it throughout scripture and the gospels. That'd sure. be great information too. Um, where did Abba go? I, I dropped him, uh, him and Tiffy equal opportunity dropper. Like it was everyone, everyone. I, I mean, I, I'm happy to bring you guys up in a little while, but we're going to take a little break for that. Um, that was just, that was madness. Who would have thought that's the topic that gets everyone twisted. Yeah. So, yeah, so Harold, to answer your question in terms of glossolalia, um, the idea of a heavenly prayer language is something that came from uh, the early Pentecostal movement, including uh, Charles Fox Parham and William J. Seymour and some other folks. Um, it is nowhere found in scripture. In fact, and actually I would, would have liked for 
the rabbi to be here because um, I think he can he can give us more information on this. But when heavenly languages are referred to in the Hebrew Bible, the heavenly language that the rabbis had in mind, and again, rabbi, if you're in chat, you can please correct me if I'm wrong, but the Hebrew language is the heavenly language that the rabbis had in mind for um, for the idea right. of a heavenly tongue. So that was that was always from what from my reading that is what has been um, pretty extant throughout um, you know the the historic understanding of both um, the Jews and uh, Christians, and so the idea that there's some heavenly prayer language, a la you know First um, Corinthians thirteen, which is hyperbole, uh, and then. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, which is saying that if I pray in, an, in what the King James says is an unknown tongue, um, I, you know, edify myself. The context of the three chapters of 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians is literally talking about don't use spiritual gifts to edify only yourself. That is sin. And, and literally, like, you know, for somebody to take that passage and be like, yeah, so we should edify ourselves after reading the context of 12, 13, and 14, it's just a, it's a wild misinterpretation of scripture. Yeah. Well, okay, so let me uh, give you, let me, let me, hang on. Yeah, let me add quite a bit to it. And then Sean, you can add to it too. Uh, maybe me and Sean will say the same thing. But Harold, I'm thinking like what Chris says, sure. But that's not what we're talking about with the gospel oily stuff. If they're, anyways, there, I would draw a sharp distinction between, you know, Chris, which I would agree with the stuff he said, a spiritual gift which is not like if we're talking about like, you know, Romans 8, 26 and 27, like this is where it actually comes from in all of my world living experience. Um, so in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know what we ought to pray for. The spirit himself intercedes through us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So like whenever people like and they will mix and match this, like they will mess this up in a way I would say is not biblical. But people would say, I would say, like, this is where that whole glossolalia type stuff comes from. And I would say the time and place for this, which I, I guess they, the glossolalia, they, they take words and groans. And somewhere along the way, maybe like Chris said, the guy's names he invoked, like, put an actual uh, formula or form to that, which is why it sounds like the, you know, how it sounds. But, I mean, it could very well be wordless groans and like, ah, and like whales, right? Like, it could be whales or anything that is not expressed in your native language, your native tongue, when you're just like appealing to God from such like a desperate heart position that you don't even know um, what words to use. So it just comes out as gibberish or groans or moans or cries or wails or whatever. That's the point of that. And that is in no way like speaking in tongues or the gift of speaking in tongues. It's a completely separate category. So if people, I believe, biblically speaking, if someone wants to be correct in what I'm talking about, like this words and groans uttering, that should never be done in a formal church. I'm talking in tongue setting. That is for you when you're calling out from like the pit of yourself um, in desperation for God when you don't even know what to pray for. Um, then speaking in tongues, that's a different one. And when people confuse that with like, the, you know, the gloss and lilia type stuff or whatever, um, I would agree with pretty much what Chris has to say. Uh, Sean, did you have anything to say if you're not on the phone? Anyway, uh, Harold, hope that helps. That's from the other perspective. Uh, does that answer anything for you, Harold, about that? Yeah, I would like to agree with both of you guys what you're saying. 
I might yeah. do a study on that. I also believe that tongues are, you look in Acts 2, tongues are written, spoken language. And they started speaking in tongues to edify God and to give God praise. Um, it also says, I think, in uh, like Chris was saying, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 talks about that the order of how tongues are to be done. If people come into the building and they're speaking in tongues and there's two people there, there should be an interpreter. If there's no interpreter, it literally tells to keep silent. Because people come in, they, they're unlearned, and then they're going to hear people speaking in an unknown or language or whatever it may be, and they don't get what's going on. They're going to leave. That's not, God's not the author of confusion. That's not from God. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, both, both of you guys uh, gave some, gave some pleasant information. Uh, I'm sure you already know I side with Chris on this one. <clears throat> but, uh. Are you free to be wrong? <laughs> yeah but yeah chris if you could send me all that information but on both of those that'd be amazing i appreciate you hey thanks for bringing me up now i'm gonna get out of here before you kick me so i'm just gonna leave early <laughs> well i mean you've done a pretty good job of keeping together all right on no. that note let's be fair um i don't even know why i'm doing this maybe i'm a terrible mod maybe someone should take my job no. All no, right, no, you're um, good, man. I think it, when things you're trying to keep things in order and when people aren't uh, abiding by the rules that you're setting to say, hey, we want to be peaceful here and, you know, edify and we want to hear let people, you know, speak their, their voice and other people are talking over them, then that's not edifying. Um, I was just messing around. I'm actually just going to leave out, but I appreciate you bringing me up in the room and I hopefully we can do this again. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rich, did you have anything to say? Oh, yeah. I, I was just sitting here listening. That's all. Also, I wanted to, when it circled back around me, I would like to chime in on that Isaiah 7. Uh, Rich, were you finished speaking? Of course you weren't, but uh, were you just saying you were listening? Yeah, yeah, I was just listening, but uh, yeah, what I understand about the speaking in tongues is what they were saying is, you know, if it's by your bedside and you're making utterances and noises and stuff, by your bedside, it's fine, but... You know, the, the no less than two, no more than three to interpret the word or it falls on deaf ears is that, yeah, it's the interpreters. It's because Corneth was, you know, the church of Corneth was a church that would have had a lot of people from a lot of different, you know, native languages and tongues and stuff like that. So they would have need somebody to, you know, explain, you know, to translate the word. Sorry. Um, and uh, Harlequin? Hey, how's it going? Increasingly worse. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> what makes you say that? Oh, it's it's uh What's up? <laughs> well, I mean, I thought you handled that uh initially like really well like when the um when the mud was first starting to you know get flung about, but like uh yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. I don't know. I feel like um, uh, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not like running for the razors or anything. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm just joking. I, I have. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Right. Probably yeah. the bigger problem. Yeah. So what's up? What's on your mind? Uh, well, you know, I was thinking about like Glossolalia and like um, there are going to be like different views on it, right? And I can like maybe from what I know of like what could be said to be like uh, internally consistent or or um, beliefs that are like canon. Uh, as they relate to like glossolalia or speaking in tongues, but there's going to be also like aberrant beliefs or like um, secular beliefs, even like that you know are similar. Um, and I think that like even if like you're not 100% with these other 
kind of parallel uh, ideas, I think they can be informative. Like, um, if only like in a way that's like kind of interesting. Like when we we talk about something like glossolalia, like um, almost like a sort of uh, language without syntax, or it's like a stripped away syntax, like in the normative sense, and it's like a almost like a more normative kind of instinctual uh, syntax structure. And in that way, like you could imagine, like we could maybe communicate more fluidly because we're, we're incorporating like things that we don't usually do. Like, you know, everything from grunts to like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know, you name it, but otherwise, like, I don't, I don't really know what we mean, but I, I could imagine that as being viewed as like a godlike tongue, because if indeed you are communicating more, more information, right. But, is that actually the case? I don't know. Um, you're obviously going to have people that try to rip that off. I think that's where you get this like recapitulation of the uh, kind of the distinction we see throughout, like uh, where it's not just about the works themselves, it's about like the intention, right? Uh, as far as like why you shouldn't do it in front of other people or why you should have like an interpreter but i think i don't know about those like are those do you guys think that's like literally that should be the case or or do you see that more as just like a guideline to emphasize the fact that uh this isn't just meant for like a show it's not just like a like a certain well yeah well, i think that i mean i think, uh, that, I think the for thing a show. That... Uh, let me let me let me please make because I, I i gotta I, just for a second because i gotta get to class, get to the ministry According to 1 Corinthians 14, the very uh, second verse says, when one does this, he is speaking to God. All right. And for those who have the abearance to it, why would you have someone, an abearance to someone speaking to God? Then, now, in the people who have to understand, you read for, you, when you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 together, then you get a better understanding because you get in the full context of what Paul is um, saying. For those of you who, who, the Bible says in the book of Acts, and not only two, but 10 and 19, that we see believers speaking in tongues or glossolalia, which is the fancy term for it. But also, you also have people who are bare to it because people have tr- have faked it. And yes, if, if people are out here faking, trying to fake the gift. But the, the key is there's more real than it is fake. And, and, and it's just a mindset that is, that is really stating, well, I don't see it. I've never done it. So... Uh, it's, got, it's not real. And then there are folks who have been, that have not used this to the scripture. Now, when you are alone or or you're just just you and God, you post that. You, and, you, and you praying to God? Are you pausing or done? Or did you get a phone call? I think it's signal. Oh, there you are. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, well, I'll say one more thing about this, and then, yeah, Tippy and Abba, if you, if you guys stick around, <laughs> I'll say something to you. But um, 
yeah, so just one more thing about the mindset of it. Like this, like some people probably try to dress it up all fancy, like glossolalia or whatever. And, you know, I, I think, you know, could do a disservice if it's if it's the wrong, you know, like the, the heart, right? Like you said, Sean, you're talking to God. And like, you know, if you want to bring in the Romans, whatever um, that I quoted earlier to it, um, it, it's about your your intent, right? So like when people are like, you don't even know what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. Well, if your heart, like I, the mindset, I believe, is like, you know, when my kid, they didn't know how to talk. They were trying to talk to me, but they didn't know how. And it came out as a bunch of like, da, 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 da. Like they said, da, da for everything. They wanted something to eat. It was da, 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 da. Like that's all they knew. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I mean, you know, if I'm not trying to be a, like a cosmic jerk, like if I'm, if I'm God and, you know, these are my children and, you know, they are, they're trying to communicate in a way that's like breaking their brain or they don't, they can't quite get there. It's like, I don't know, kind of like that of an endearing father. It's like, okay, you don't really know what you're doing. Uh, like if that's where they're coming from, if they're coming from like, I'm going to invent this really fancy sounding quote, heavenly language, then that intent is completely blown completely out the window. And they should probably, you know, maybe be a little concerned about some stuff. Um, but I think, you know, if that is the, the heart and like the intent behind it, and you know, you're willing to be like a fool for anyone around, which personally, um, no one, uh, I'm not going to go do it in public. Um, I don't think you should. I think that speaks a lot to the intent, unless, you know, you feel like, like Sean's saying convicted or moved or something like that, um, that, that you should, or you're talking to God, whatever. Um, anyway, I think that's a little bit more of the mindset. So the reason I said maybe I'm a bad mod earlier is because I wanted to give Ab and Tiffy another chance because I think they both wanted to speak. But reading through some of the stuff in chat, um, I don't know, like like Jew-hating or this or that. Um, I don't know. This is probably going to be a test case for why I shouldn't do this. But uh, to be fair, uh, to be fair, Abba... It's not a good idea. To be fair... Oh, to be... Whoa! At what point did I ask to be interrupted by everyone? So... I'd like to give Abba and Tiffy another chance since they're still fighting it out in chat. But please, May don't scream, don't curse, and don't completely go off the rails. And May, let's just I, ha I have to go. I have to go. So I did, um, Abba, I did give you a follow. And I would love to go through the, um, the Tanakh with you. Uh, and we will see that the Messiah is called um, Yahweh, our righteousness. He actually carries the divine name. But um, we, we will get into that another time. And in the meantime, I'm just going to pray for you and, uh, and, and pray that you will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and with that, I do have to go. So God bless will you. All. Will you just say, I'd like to just say one quick thing, if you'll stay for 20 seconds. Um, gonna we're not going to have... We're not going to have that conversation about going through scripture. You can have your tradition and interpretation. Okay. So you're scared. That's okay. My... Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Seriously. I just, you said you had to go and I want to. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to have that conversation with her. And what I call Jew hatred is exactly what was displayed right now. A total disrespect for the fact that I have a different tradition couched in the total confidence that you have the absolute truth, which if you do, fine. Keep it. That's wonderful. I get the whole idea of Christians have to spread the gospel, but you have this special attention to the Jews because you think you're entitled because your guy is a Jew. That's fucking uh, Jew hatred. Hey, Sorry Abba. for swearing. That Abba. is anti-Jewish rhetoric. Abba. And that... Abba, yeah. hey, so, Rich, I'll bring you back up, but I'm, I'm sick of interrupting, but Abba, that's... Bro, like one, one sort of rule. But I would say... Could that be, you know, talking in reasonable tones, like if, if that's what you call Jew hatred, could what you just did be called, I don't know, Christian no. hatred or something like that? No. Like because, no. well, what, well, what was the thing you said minus the curse word? 
There was a point I wanted to make, but that kind of threw me off. Uh, the, 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 the broader point is the following, right? You guys have your views and you have what you think scripture means and how that paints the Jews and what the Jews did to Jesus and et cetera, and all of history, right? We can t let's, like, let's not ignore all of the things, okay? There's all of the things. And, and a lot of those things have been reasons why Christians have killed Jews in history and still continue to persecute Jews. And this is not a conversation, and, and, and the, the broader point is this, I'm not here to have a theological battle about who's more correct based on how one reads the Hebrew Bible. I'm very confident. It's not even about confidence. I'm committed to what I'm committed to, just like y'all are committed to what you are committed to. You, and you want to fight for it, you wanna, and you want to die for it the same way that I want to fight for my stuff, and I would die for my stuff. Okay, but let's okay. just be... Okay, but you have a different tradition of reading, and I'm not going to get into what are the truths of the matter. I'm not here for that kind of a conversation. And the pushing, the pushing of, well, you just don't know your book, and the pushing of, well, Jesus was the, you know, those people who followed the Old Testament this way are actually the real Jews. I'm sorry. People who don't hold to the Jewish tradition have no say in what the Jewish tradition is. Okay, so I I'm remember sorry. who I wanted to say. <laughs> Can I speak? I. So what I wanted to say is the same way you just you just put, I guess, everything that had happened with you and Tippy's conversation, if maybe it wasn't directed at me, but it was directed in the royal you. It was directed to, like, all Christians, um, and that certainly doesn't apply. Like, I don't blame all Jews for killing Christ. That's the stupidest thing someone could say to me. I, I don't care at all. The first Christians were it Jews. It was in general. So hey, you're good. Oh, okay. You, okay. Hey, I, I you and me are good. You and me are good. Okay. I okay. Just, I understand. I get you. I get you. Right. But yeah, the point I'm just trying to make is, you know, I, I usually try to point out, I, I get your generalization, but, you know, I still hear that as a certain way, just like, you know, whenever people, you know, on social media are like, the Jews, the Jews, I'm like, oh my God, like, you're such an idiot. Um, anyway, that it's kind of the same thing, like, you know, whether it was meant that way or not, that's kind of how people hear it when you say the Christians or the Jews. It's like, well, I'm, I'm a Christian, and you're a Jew. Anyways, but I mean, I don't know if there's no taking with a grain of salt. I mean, I know that was a super contentious chat you all had but you know like if if i said you know i'll keep you in my prayers um i wouldn't expect that to be like anti-semitic or jew hate um just like you know if uh, i know you don't believe my tradition or my religion but it's like if you're like okay and as a rabbi i'll pray for you i'm like okay well you know that's not my belief so, but, but, but i know but i uh, well yeah, but but, Nate, like Nate. That, ah, can I, I i'm just gonna yeah, go. but Nate, so, so, what so it, it means when you, when you say I'll pray for you, what do you think you're doing on my behalf? If a, a sweet Southern lady says, bless your heart, dear, I hope things get better, I would think that's sincere. If a Southern lady that's says, That's fine. Do you oh, think that's what Tippy meant? Hold on, bro. Hold on. Just dial it back a second. The first no, one. No, we know the first one. I'm curious. This is how we talk. And, and, and the second And I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and the, the second <laughs> one. And, and the second one is, oh, bless your heart, dear. She means she hates you with a thousand sons. So um, that, that's what I mean. So like if, if you say – if I say, oh, yeah, I'll keep you in my prayers, yeah, um, you so, should maybe be offended. If I say, look, man, I know you've had a tough time. You know, I'm sorry for your family loss or whatever the case may be. I'll keep you in my prayers. You should hear that. Which one do you think Tippy said? Which one do you think Tippy said? I want to be reasonable if that can still be done. I, I want to I default the way that conversation was going, the second one, uh, and I only know Tippy very limited. But at least the way she said it, um, regardless of all the other conversation we heard, 
sounded the nice way. Whether the intent was okay. there is a little, but, but anyways, so like if you said, hang on, Abba, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna power through. I'm gonna get the point I actually want to make. I keep getting interrupted. Abba, if you said, uh, you know, as a rabbi, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I will pray for you. I'll, I'll do your prayers for me. I would be like, okay, well, it's not my religion, but you know, I, I appreciate you. I know what that means to you. So thank you. That's all I was trying to say. So yeah, Abba, go ahead. Yeah, uh, let me tell you what it sounds like when someone says, I'll add you to my prayers and pray for you that you come to know the truth. <clears throat> what that means is, and that's what I, those are the words to be said. Those are the words I heard, at least. Um, I don't know if others heard those same words. What, what I, that I says that. to, okay, so that's not the nice way, uh, unfortunately. I don't think that's the nice way. That is, my way is better. You are flawed and ignorant and incorrect and you are at risk and danger and it is my job and i will use my merit with god to save you it sounds like it's a nice thing right um i'm concerned for your eternal soul and that you come to know the truth but that's that's what i would call concern trolling that's like saying to somebody that's like i mean imagine imagine saying to somebody about um I'll pray for you that you get rid, that you will come to know that your entire life's commitments are flawed. I don't think there's any way to take that in a nice way. Well, uh, we can take it with a grain of salt or a salt shaker. For example, if you, like, I'm going to mess some stuff up, so please don't interrupt me. I'm going to mess up your religion for a second. Um, but uh, let's just go with me. Uh, take it with a salt shaker. But if, if you your true belief is, you know, only, only the people that understand Judaism or follow God the way you can uh, will will be cool with God. I'm trying to use general terms and not go to hell. I know some Jews say you don't have hell, but let's just say Jew hell, whatever that means. Correct me later. But if your honest belief is Jews have you have to be a Jew and you have to follow God your way, um, or you're going to go to Jewish hell. And then I believe you know what Christians believe. And you say, well, look, I, I appreciate the dialogue. I think you're a nice guy, Nate. But honestly, if unless you want me to lie to you, which I'm not going to do. If you don't convert to Judaism and follow God the correct way and realize Jesus is not the Messiah, but follow the one true God, then you're going to go to Jewish hell. I'd be like, I could get offended because it doesn't sound good to hear you're going to hell and you're doing your life wrong. But I mean, I like to think, I'd be like, okay, well, you're not like yelling and screaming like I'm firewood for Satan or something like that, uh, Hasatan. But it sounds like you are genuinely concerned based on your sincere religious views for my soul or whatever. So I'd be like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I'm confident enough that if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I believe what I believe is right. But I appreciate your sincerity. Thanks. Because uh, it's not fun to be told you're doing everything wrong going to hell. So that's how I would hear it. I mean, if you're yelling and screaming and, like, pointing your finger in my face, I may hear it a different way. But if you come at me like that, it's the same way as, like, look, Rabbi, like, this may mean we can't be friends right now. But honest, uh, honestly and sincerely, if you want me to tell you what I truly believe, you know, as a Christian, you clearly know our beliefs. That if you don't put your faith in Christ to save you, you will be apart from God in hell forever. That's what I believe. So if you want the truth, um, you know, I, I would pray that, you know, you come to the light at some point and God moves your heart or something like that. Um, then if someone gets offended at me in that spirit, well, the only other thing I could do is be insincere and lie to them, which I don't want to do. So, I mean, I, I would hope coming in that spirit, um, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, I, I could be offended. It sounds a little offensive to hear I'm doing everything wrong. But I know you you believe what you believe. So, you know, you pray for me and I'll pray for you. And which, whichever God hears us, may that person be moved. I, I think that's the most peaceful, uh, reasonable way we could have that conversation. 
I mean, would you be offended by that? I'm, of course, you know, I'm a Christian. You believe this and I believe this stuff. Um, Look, I'm offended. Theolo- I'm, I'm not offended necessarily personally. I'm offended by the theology that stands behind it. The theology that stands behind it is Christian truth is Trump's Jewish truth. And because we have these concerns for your everlasting soul, which is our religious belief, and we hold, and we really do, we love people and we care for people and all of that stuff, right? But in order to actually act, actualize that in the world, um, it means <laughs> it means showing the wrongness to everyone else, right? And it means removing all kinds of stuff from everyone else, right? Intrinsic things, right? In service of in service of like your religious goals, right? Because ultimately it's not about, because it's not really about my soul. You say it's about my soul, but it's really about just the glory of God, right? So I think it's one thing. So I think, so I think it's one thing if you say, I'm going to pray for your health and well-being, right? And your success in your family life, right? And to the, and may you get what you wish for yourself. I think that's one thing, right? And we're something ecumenical like that. But I think it's quite another to say, um, and very hu- and quite hubris, right? To say, this poor misguided soul, I pray on your behalf because I care about you. It's so condescending, right? Oh, it's, if only you knew the truth, then you could spend all eternity with me in heaven and all of your families and puppies. Well, that's just not a framework, con- right? So, like, that's not for the ignore for a moment that the framework of like prayer and the afterlife and all that stuff. There's no analog to that in Judaism, right? That's not how it works, right? But, but I, I, I can't imagine that any that that are for my God at least, right? The God that I believe in doesn't want me to condescend to other people's beliefs, even though I believe in this set of things. I don't have to be wrong in order for you to be right. And that's the problem. And that was the, and that was the sort of energy that Tippy was coming with. And that is what is, is loaded up in those phrases about, I'm going to add you to my prayers so that the spirit moves you to just slap you in the face and tell you how wrong you were. Yeah, I'm not talking about I am offended. I am offended by that, and I think that's what Tippy was saying. Yeah, I'm not talking about her anymore. I'm I'm just talking about the general stuff. Like, I don't know if it's another general thing again, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I have zero motivation in like, like you know, I believe in eternity, right? So praying for praying for like someone's health and well-being, sure, let's do that. But ultimately, you know, a hundred years we're going to be dead. So what's that matter? I mean, surely it helped them for a little while, but you know, ultimately, like, what does Nate? think is the single most greatest thing um, in this in in the universe in existence well it's this faith in god that that you're going to have this eternal existence so it's making sure you have a pleasant eternal existence with our creator so sure i could pray for someone's health and wellness and all that all day long but it's fleeting so you know i have zero motivation to get accolades and be like oh look how right i was haha i got this guy to convert to christianity uh you know i'm so great that's disgusting um, like I have one motivation and that's like, you know, per my beliefs that I believe are, are good and secure in, in Jesus for eternity. So now the only motivation I have to bring anyone along with me is just so I'm like, hey, um, you've got one or two places. It's a binary choice. One's really hot and sucks. And the other one is, you know, eternal reconciliation to the one who created you. So 
So that's it. Like there's absolutely zero benefit or zero like other shenanigans why I would be motivated to, you know, pray someone, you know, finds God or something like that. Um, so again, not speaking for everyone with ill intent, yeah. um, but at oh, a certain point, it's an anti-pluralistic, it's a non-pluralistic position, right? It's a, it's a universalizing position. And that's what, and again, like I said, I'm offended if anyone, and not just Christians, if anyone were to say some version of, I pray that you abandon your beliefs, I'm going to be offended. <laughs> I understand, and that's regardless where, of, I, regardless I, of it, the motivation, regardless of yeah, the motivation. Yeah, I, I, I understand. So, I mean, I guess we just have to be offended. Um, all right, I, I mean, I'm not offended, but I, mean, I guess you would just have to be offended with the theology, even though we can still get along and have discussions. But um, also, biblically speaking, here comes another one. Um, could this be the Bible, proven proven somehow true, which I think the Old Testament, yeah, has plenty to say about this too, so we could agree, maybe for different reasons. But the whole, like, you know, pride comes before fall and stuff like that. I'd say, you know, at some point, like if someone is so is so offended or some like again not you brought it up but to people who take this much much further than you would and they're like you're disgusting that's so condescending i can't stand it you're so gross like you're so condescending at some point it's like you know i mean at what point does this turn into like pride getting in the way of someone which you know whether someone believes the bible or an atheist or whatever once whether someone believes the bible or not you see the biblical truth coming out from the old and new testament that pride could be their their stumbling block uh, more than any theology or something, it's like they're they're so attached to some pride position that whether they believe it or not, the Bible is proving itself true that you know people's hearts are hard and it's like this pride. Which again, I can I have this stuff too. Like it's not fun to be told everything you're doing is wrong. So you know, occasionally I have to check myself. I'm like, okay, well, is this because I'm too attached to my belief or you know because of some pride issue? Because I don't want that. That's not good for anyone. Um, or uh, am I actually right to the most sincere as I can as I can believe? And then I'll just go with that. But you know, I think I think. Um, the way it kind of sounds is like, you know, pr pride could be an issue. I mean, pride clearly is an issue for many people. Um, so I think we should all try to avoid that pitfall. What could be more prideful than thinking you have the absolute one truth for the entirety of the universe and that um, <laughs> and that everyone else is wrong? What could be more prideful than that? Uh, pride Touché. and competence and, and what, isn't always. What, right. And, and I mean, you know. I'm just going to stop saying my beliefs and differentiating, you know, I'm a Christian, so old new Testament, but I mean, that's the thing, right? Is it pride? Is it some, something I'm doing? Is it something I'm getting? Um, or is it something that I believe has been revealed to everyone equally? They just need to open their, well, Chris would say no, but it's been revealed to everyone. You just open your heart, open your mind, sincerely seek truth. I know what a prideful statement, but I, I'm saying it's the mindset. So am I doing this because I'm doing something or I'm benefiting or I'm just like seeking God and believe I have found I've found God. God's found me. God's called me just like everyone else. Not I'm so special like this is anyone. We've done nothing. We are bugs compared to God. Um, however, God loves us all and is you know wanting all to come to repentance. So that's anybody um, can do that. So it, it, I get how people could read a lot of pride into that and be like, oh, well, yeah, like you just said, you've got the key to the universe, you and only you, well, two billion of us, but you know, like you and only you, you guys, you Christians, um, while the Christians are like, look, I know it sounds that way, but unless you want me to lie to you, being as sincere and humble as I can muster, I think this is accurate. Like people don't talk, talk like in mathematics, how, you know, people are so prideful when they discover a new formula. They're like, oh, you've, you've done this that led you to this conclusion. And now no one you say good oh, job or well done yeah nate i get it it's baked in that's what i say it's it's not personal but it is theological and the other thing uh, right it, it's totally baked in to that particular 
you know, framing of Christian theology. And I totally get it. Here's the other thing. And, and, and about, and, and again, this is not about stopping you from believing what you believe. It's just about not always having to say the quiet part out loud, right? There can be a conversation that goes on about what this text means and how do you view it and you view it without having to, for example, bring up things about what's your, what's your framework of objective morality, just so I know how to operate in the conversation. For right? the record, that's I wasn't a, happy about that. I understand, but that's, a, that's in the same category. That's like a, that's a shot below the belt. That's poisoning the well, right? So again, believe what you want, right? But don't, right? And you're going to come from that thing, but you don't, not saying all the quiet parts out loud isn't the same as not seeking the truth and certainly isn't the same as lying. You can still be as honest as you want, even though you're not saying everything. Sure. Uh, Gia, you wanted to say something? Welcome, by the way. Hi. Um, so what I wanted to say was, well, I wanted to ask in regards to women being pastors. So I'm a complementarian, right? I don't believe that women should be pastors of any church. Um, but I attend a church that does. So is this something that, because I really love this church, regardless of that, um, I don't agree with a lot of things that they teach or hold to, rather. Um, but is this something that I should leave for or stay? Because I don't want to leave, personally. Oh, that's all you, Chris. Yeah, me and Abba are going to go get some tea. You take this. Yeah, no, you've got to leave. I mean, like, if somebody is being that absolutely rebellious against the clear teaching of Scripture, they're going to have a lot of other problems. um, And and you absolutely have to leave there. You cannot participate in a place that is that is rebelling abjectly against the clear commandments of Scripture. I have to put my fake tea down for a second. Did, did GSA or did I miss it? Like, is this like, is, um, is this, they just think women can be pastors in some context or again, people would make distinctions usually between like, you know, woman's pastor, assistant pastor, head pastor. Like, is this like the, the main pastor or is this like a woman's pastor or like, did you say that and I missed it? Cause so, I think that may actually modify Chris's answer. I don't, I don't really know. So I, my pastor is a male, um, but I know that they have women with the title of pastor at my church. So Chris, and, would that modify um, your answer if it's a, a pastor and like a woman's no. pastor or something? If they're, like if they're so giving no. the title of pastor to any woman, um, that's, that's a abject rebellion against scripture. Um, and it's just, it's satanic. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Oh dear. <laughs> well, there you have his view. I know most people would usually say something like, you know, cause it's like the women, they'll, they'll draw their line in the sand with like, you know, women shouldn't teach men and stuff like that. And they'd be like, well, if it's a, if it's a woman's pastor, blah, 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 or something like that, and they don't hold authority over men, or if it's not a head pastor or, or stuff like that. Um, apparently Chris, Chris is like, none of that. <laughs> um, and, and my, my question is always 100% kind of like, none you, of that. Yeah. The, the word pastor or bishop is reserved specifically in First um, Timothy and specifically in Titus for men. And Paul uses the creation order to lay it out. And there is absolutely no circumstance in which the title pastor should be ever given to a. And, and then my question also, it's kind of like Abba talking about pride earlier. 
is what's the motivation? Like if, if you know this stuff is in the Bible, uh, surely they know the stuff is in the Bible. And, you know, I'm sure they have their ways of getting around of it, whatever. But, I mean, if you, it's in the Bible, what's the motivation? Instead of being called, I don't know, woman's teacher or woman's prayer leader, I don't know. Like, what's, what's the point of that coveting that title of pastor? Um, more than just a title and a word on a piece of paper, does that speak to maybe someone's, like, heart issue or pridefulness that they, they need a title uh, more than just doing the work? Um, anyway, that, that's my thought, like whenever I, I hear that, cause it's like, well, look, if it says only women can be pastors and I really want to, want to preach and I feel like I have this gospel I have to share. Um, but I'm a dude, so I, I can't be a pastor. I think, well, okay, well, I'll just keep my head down just go do the work, go share the gospel. Uh, but if I'm like, no, I really need that title, even though the Bible clearly says men can't be pastors. Um, I'm like, well, but I need that title. Well, why is that a problem with my pride? Is that a problem with my heart or my intent? Um, because no one's stopping them from telling people about Jesus or sharing the gospel. So why do you need that title? Just go do that. Just go, you know, be a good ambassador for Christ and don't worry about man like titles. Um, I hope that was clear. The Bible says the opposite of what I said. I was presenting a scenario. So no one saying Nate said men can't be pastors. Right. And, and my wife is a teacher. Like my wife teaches women. Um, she has a seminary degree. Um, she has more credentials than I do. Um, and she, absolutely knows her theology and she absolutely is a brilliant teacher um but she would set herself on fire before <laughs> she would call herself a pastor like she would douse herself in gasoline and set herself on fire before she would call herself and if she didn't chris would am i right <laughs> don't set people on fire no uh, well gee does that does that give you a so, so do you guys want to oh i'm sorry Nick. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if I go quite so far as satanic. I would hope to give people the benefit of the doubt and think they have a good way to justify that, even if they're misled. I, I don't know. It's it's tough. But uh, I, I typically yeah. – I'm going to say stop, they're marshmallows. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to pronounce you know hellfire and damnation upon them for you know thinking they can have the title, t- title pastor, but I would say it's also not biblical. <laughs> so somewhere between marshmallow and, you know – But Chris – Anyways. But Chris, Deborah uh, was a leader <laughs> in the Bible, Chris. Uh, Harlequin, when uh, you had something else? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess feel being obnoxiously uh, pedantic and um, uh, you're breaking up really open this up. Just like drawing those. You're, Sorry? You're, well, I was breaking up. You're chopping up really bad for me. Is he doing that for anyone else? Oh, how, how am I right now? Am I any better? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't hear a word bit. you said there, Harlequin. Uh, maybe that's better. Okay, anyway, what about hey, right I gotta, now? I got to run. I got to go to a meeting, but I'll talk. Hi, take care. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, dang, that's unfortunate. Uh, how do oh, I sound you, now? Were you going to ask him? Yeah, you said well, Sort him. of. Well, yeah, well, something that would incorporate uh, Chris, like, um, but, like, you, you should do just fine. Like, uh, as far as where these dividing lines are that we could draw between, like, um, because, I mean, you did bring it up, and, like, uh, I mean, do you think Chris would make this distinction between, like, the title versus the work? Like, do you you suppose that what, that the, the particular theological view he was espousing, like, do you think he means to say, like, that he has a problem with the women doing the work or is it more adopting the title or does he not make that distinction? And and like, I guess what I'm trying to open up is 
what is it about maybe the title? Is it like an authority or, um, yeah, like, well, he specifically brought out the title and, you know, brought out uh, Timothy and was it Titus or wherever else, but he specifically brought out the references about the title. Um, the only place he would disagree with, with the work is, you know, probably because the Bible, you know, Paul talks about how he doesn't let, you know, men hold authority over or women hold authority over men. Um, so he would, he would probably dispute, um, and say, no, 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 they shouldn't even, again, it's, yeah, why do you have to go? But not for like salvation, because I, everyone should give people the right, gospel. right. But no, when it comes to like doctrines that, like, and teachings and like a church setting, that's yeah. where he would probably agree up until like, you know, women are holding like some great authority over men teaching right. or something. It probably, no, I mean, no, I don't want to speak for of, him, right? But I, I kind well, of think of, I know what you're saying. And I would have, I would have assumed that like he you probably would have thought it like there's a sort of imbued like a, a authority like a stamp of approval and there's a sort of like executive like i and i i, I hesitate to say something like executive right because obviously you're not an intercessor like um <laughs> that would be obviously going uh, too far but some sort of authority is in that title right because you could say that like the spirit works through uh a woman who is like as chris was saying is like very knowledgeable so, so what they know and what they say is just going to be inherently like, like good material, right? So, if the spirit can move and use that, there's still not that title. And I guess that's basically what Chris is saying is that like that's not afforded to women well, that's also, for men. Well, yeah. And, so, well, also because the the Bible talks about you know the the men should teach the men and the women the old women should teach the younger women. So, so his case, which I agree with. Is, is predicated on it's not like women are dumb it's and it's not like you know uh, men are so great it, it, that's the wrong mindset again like talking about pride and hubris like that's that's a complete wrong mindset the point is for whatever reason you know god said this this is how god set things up this is how you know the bible says this therefore if you're not doing this what good can come from it's like a poison tree it's like if you start from a poison seed where the bible says you know uh, men men can be pastors Women cannot be pastors. Um, and then you have a woman saying, I'm a pastor. Well, great. That doesn't mean that everything you say is garbage. Like you can say very great things that could put men to shame. Um, however, if you're starting with a poison, like a, you're building a poison tree uh, that says the Bible says, you know, women can't be pastors. So you're doing what you're disregarding the Bible on the very first point, And now you're trying to like what, what can really be fruitful from that? So maybe some good human wisdom, maybe some decent knowledge, maybe some good proverbial, proverbial sayings, but ultimately it's going to be poison because you're you're disobeying the Bible um, from the onset. So how much good can come from that? Can I chime in, Nate? Yeah. This is this is kind of on a related topic. We talk about the issue of titles. What I find is interesting: the the New Testament doesn't actually put emphasis on titles, even for men. We refer to, for example, the Apostle Paul, but Paul never referred to himself as the Apostle Paul. He referred to himself as Paul, the Apostle, but that was his role. That was his, uh, that doesn't, he didn't have the title of like Pastor Paul or Elder Paul, Apostle Paul. So it is interesting that even men, unless you said Pastor Smith, Pastor so-and-so, that's not, we have not even no precedent for that in the New Testament, which I think is interesting. None. Well, yeah, to, my, I mean, to, funny to my knowledge. So we, we, so to me, if Paul is just going to refer to himself as Paul, why does a pastor have to say, I'm Pastor Joe, I'm Pastor Steve? Just call yourself Steve. What, are you greater than the Apostle Paul? What's with the titles? Well, I, I take your point, but you know, the Bible does give a prescription for, for titles, just for structure. Because if you're like, hey, who is the Steve of this church? Like, what? Like, do you mean the pastor? 
Like, no, no, we mean the Steve. Like, oh, Steve no, no, no. faster. I mean, even if for something, but well, hang on, hang on. I, 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 I get what you mean. But I mean, even Paul, like, I think when he does use titles, he usually says like, I, Paul, like a slave of Christ or like a servant of Christ or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. But by the way, people, over, people gloss over like their pet project points. Like if you're a husband of more than one woman or you can't be a pastor, if you're the, the dad of rambunctious, like, you know, crazy teenagers, you can't be a pastor. So it's not like just the presence of, you know, a, a male organ is what qualifies someone. There's plenty of things that disqualify men. So it's like not all men can be pastors. Um, you know, you have to be the husband of one wife. You have to have your family in order. You have to be good in the community. Like you can't be like a, a social pariah. Like there's all kinds, like being a pastor is a very narrow thing. It's not just like be a dude. Um, and people often gloss over that. Go ahead, Edwin. Yeah, just, just just to clarify, yeah, I understand what you're saying about okay, who's the pastor of the church? I'm just saying that there's a an emphasis on titles where certain pastors want to be called pastor so and so. That's it's not like why can't they just say, hey, my name is Scott, I'm a pastor. Why have why do I have to address him as Pastor Scott? It's, oh sure, that's that's all I'm saying. You know what's what's with the titles of distinction? I, I don't think the Bible seems to even Christ has talked seemed to uh, discourage that, like calling no man. Rabbi, call me a man, teacher. I don't know. What are your thoughts call on that? Call father. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, so in the most generous, it's innocent and it doesn't matter. Um, it's just like, oh, okay, pastor. Um, you know, there's no ill will. There's no pride. There's, it's like, oh, I'm a pastor. So, you know, I'm, I'm Pastor Nate. Um, you know, or I'm musician Nate. Like, you know, I, or I'm Nate. I play music. Like, so on the generous side, no problem. It's just people being weird with their idiosyncrasies. Um, but on the, on the worst case, it would be, yeah, like, uh, like a prideful, you know, indulgence, like you, you need this authority. You need to hold this authority over people. Like, you know, call me Bishop, uh, you know, call me Bishop, Presbyter, Apostle, um, Prophet. Um, it's like, okay, that's super sketchy. Like, uh, you know, so if you, if you are one of these things, um, and you're like, uh, yeah, I mean, the prophet one's weird. Uh, there's a lot of stuff wrong with that. I, I'll just back up. But yeah, if it's, if it's something like you get what I'm saying, right? Like if the, it's, it's the intent. So maybe people are like, oh, I'm humble as a little gentle rain and, you know, I'm pastor while inside they're thinking, ha ha ha, they're going to see authority over me. Well, God sees the heart. So that's a problem with them and God. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I'll usually take people at the word. But I mean, just look on Clubhouse. Like, you know, there's Pastor Mark who doesn't call himself Pastor Mark. But now that we know he's he's a pastor, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of endearingly known as Pastor Mark. Uh, sometimes I say Mark or like, you know, when Sean's up here. Um, you know, I, I usually say Sean, but you know, it's just how people are known. I don't know how it, what the rhythm, rhyme or rhythm is, but you know, Sean is just Sean, even though he's a pastor. Uh, but Mark is Pastor Mark. I think Chris started that for some reason. Um, but if any of them are like, you need to call me pastor, like I have authority, you will address me as pastor. I'm like, oh, well, now I certainly want to address you as that, and I'm definitely not going to your church. It's a heart position. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I hear it. I hear what you're saying. Uh, Nate, I think the, the concern that I have is sometimes people might think that, oh, if I don't address this person as pastor so and so, I'm being disrespectful. That's that's. But not I agree with you case. there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and hopefully the pastor with yeah, hopefully the pastor with good intent would alleviate that and be like, oh no no no, you call you you know call me James or call me Joe. You don't need to call me pastor. Like don't worry about it. Like I think that's the kind of response if someone knew that, like, oh, I don't want to be disrespectful. Oh, they're like, oh no, don't worry about that. Just call me Joe, Joe, or whatever. That's fine. That's fine. That's the kind of spirit I would I would expect of like a humble servant to respond with, rather than yes, do not disrespect the Lord's anointed. I'm like, run. 
Like, Gia, if someone says that in your church, that's me and Chris would be like, run. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely run because they take that out of context completely. But um, I agree with what you guys said about women being pastors because even Paul followed what he said um, in Timothy. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the reference, but um, when he mentioned that, you know, Eve was the one that was deceived first. So it literally makes sense. And people like to jump around that and just, you know, make excuses. And it, it's it's kind of sad, really. It's kind of sad, but with no right? human beings. Yeah, it really is all the qualifiers because people who are opposing this view are like antagonistic to Christians um, because as of Christianity is the religion that really needs to be picked on for woman's suffrage. Um, anyways, but people who have a who want to say like the Bible's sexist or something like that, they always act like it's because like women are, you know, like dumb and inferior and the God like God paints them as like cattle or something like that. And then what you just said, it's like, no, if you read the Bible, it's because Eve sinned first. It, is it because she's just a woman or because it's the one she, who disobeyed first? It could be as simple as that. Like it's laid out. Like you don't, it's not ambiguous. Paul tells us. So if the story was different, if Adam would have been the one to sin first, it could very well be different. It, men could be for, forbidden from being pastors because it would read different. It would say, because, and uh, only women can be pastors because Adam sinned first as a man. So, I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to straight go to the difference in men and females, uh, men and women biologically. It could very much be for the reason the Bible actually gives, Eve sinned first. If for no other reason, the, Paul lays it out. So, yeah, it, it, people want to make things sexist. Like, they see sexism boogeymen where it's really not there. Yeah, and honestly, it's quite sad when people are so, like, well, yeah, you can be, you can want to be a pastor, that's fine, but it's you don't think about the weight of actually being a pastor because you are going to be held accountable at the end of the day for, you know, your actions and how you've led people, I guess, in their walk with Christ. And it's like uh, a dangerous game. <laughs> and, and like, uh, I almost just said Josh, but I'm going to say Dr. Josh, <laughs> teachable moment. See, I am sure, I'm sure Josh, I actually haven't talked to him that much, but I appreciate when he can talk. He'd probably be like, Oh, don't worry about it, bro. Like, do I call you doctor? Do I call you Josh? Um, do I call you honorable? He'd, be, he'd probably be like, don't worry about it. Just call me Josh. Um, but, you know, I I do respect people that, you know, spend so much of their lives to, you know, to be called doctor. So, Dr. Josh. Uh, like, he talks in the comment section down there um, saying, well, you know, because uh, it could be because of a largely patriarchal society. And sure, I mean, it was a largely patriarchal society um, the world over. However, um, if we're going by what the text actually says, you know, just like Gia brought up, Paul gives a reason. Um, so we could say patriarchy played a part in that or whatever, or they're used to being men having a certain role culturally. So, I, I mean, we can't disprove that that played a degree. But on its face, the biggest reason is because Eve was the first one to disobey God. Um, but I take your point, Josh. Rev, reverend Esquire. <laughs> oh, you know what? Technically, I am a am I a pastor or a reverend? Like, if you're a pastor, are you automatically a reverend, or is that different for different sects? Because uh, technically, I I am a a credentialed minister um, from the is <laughs> like the Universal Life Church or whatever. It's one of those like five minute internet things. You basically just say, "I want to be a pastor," and you can get credentialed. I, I we did it as a podcast episode to be funny one day to show how ridiculously easy it was to get uh, certified by the state 
to be a pastor. So, um, yeah, Edwin, you, you will now address me as Reverend Pastor Bishop Nate. Or else. Uh, that was a joke, just kidding. I actually had uh, another question. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was, was going to see if uh, Rich wanted to say anything, and then we'll go right to you, Gia. Yeah, hey, hey, what's up, Nate? Uh, let, I don't know if you read my private message or not, but... Uh, oh, no, I didn't get it. Okay, so, Abba, if you would, please just respect what I'm about to say, and don't interrupt me. Oh, um, I'll be respectful when you speak, too. But, uh, Nate, to your question, uh, rabbinic Judaism believes that everybody who's good and is of good moral character goes to heaven. Uh, anybody who's wicked and vile gets sent to the, you know, the lake of fire. Um, and rabbinic Judaism, you know, if you look at it, like uh, Rabbi Tovia Singer, he uh, debated against uh, Dr. Michael Brown, who's a Messianic Jew. And uh, Tovia Singer came on there and said, you know, well, if, you, if you're Jewish by blood, if you're ethnically Jewish and you, you become a Christian, you're no longer Jewish and you're not going to go to heaven. And then after the break, the commercial break, he comes back and he says, hey, I'm a man of my word. You know, I, I have to make amends and I have to explain to you that what I said was inaccurate. And I looked at the Talmudic, you know, uh, rabbis, what they said on it. And they said that if you become a Christian as a Jew, that you still enter into heaven. So, yeah. And the, the, the biggest thing with Judaism about this is that they believe that we're like Scientology. And the re he's probably a Tobias Singer uh, follower, you know, because they're the ones that are against Christianity and trying to stop all the Jews. Their biggest concern is that we're in a pagan occult that is causing Jews to become Christians. And they're worried that they're going to lose their salvation through that. They're, they're going to lose their spot in heaven. So they go around and they try to stop every Jew. And they're like, hey, hey, don't join that occult because they're going to make you drink Kool-Aid. So, I mean, that is what the rabbis taught him. You know, I'm, I'm Jewish myself and Christian by faith. So, uh, Well, Rabbi, um, would you like to respond to anything? I'm not sure what to respond to, but I'm definitely not like a two of you singer guy. That's not, that's not my bag. All right, wonderful. Uh, Gia, you had another question. Oh, we avoided, avoided another catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like, I guess, it's probably a weird question, but I don't know if you remember, I used to attend a, well, I would call it a cult myself, but <laughs> I used to attend a so-called church, um, and recently I saw that the founding father, who goes by Bishop Prophet Dagwood Mills, I saw a picture of him. And he was wearing like, you know, those, I guess, those garments that um, the bishops from the Catholic Church would wear. Yeah. So, yeah, he was wearing that. Is that, obviously, I know that the man is heretical anyway, but I was just wondering, is that like a huge red flag or is it okay for, um, yeah, people to be wearing as leaders? I mean, this is gonna. This is, this is very subjective, but I mean, a red flag is anytime something's weird. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, like, I, I don't even know how to say that. It's it's so subjective. But I mean, you know, however, someone defines like weird or odd or out of normal, especially in like a religious setting. First of all, I think why? What purpose does this serve? 
And so if people are like, you know, doing really boisterous, like flamboyant, like uh, extra, if they're just being extra, extra for no apparent reason, it's like, why? What's the intent? Could this be a red flag? If they just had a lot of caffeine, sure, I'll excuse that. If this seems to be like a, a devised plan to seem somehow like more like pharisaical, like putting on a show or more holy or deriving more attention from the patrons or, you know, whatever. Um, of course, that's a red flag because, I mean, why would it not be? It's like the intent. So if I don't know if someone wears like. I, I don't even know, like uh, some like the robes you're talking about, like some very priestly, whatever, orthodox type vestments. Um, I don't even know how to discern intent. Like it's so ingrained, like in the Catholic church and, and stuff at this point, like, you know, all the different robes and like, you know, you see the Orthodox, like Russian people with like the giant crosses that are like 50 pounds, like hanging around them. I, I mean, at this point they probably have just fine intent. They don't even think about it because it's just been so ingrained in, in their, their religion at this point. So I, I mean, every, I mean, you already know the guy is a walking red flag. So I guess that answers itself, but that, that's kind of my, 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 my threshold. Like if I went to Pastor Mark's church service, um, and I, I just, you know, it's it's what I know of his church. You know, it's a it's in a a, a normal city, uh, and it's a normal church. It's like a medium sized normal church, and uh, you know the people are normal people. They they live around. Anyways, so like if um, I went in there, I would expect you know the pastor to be dressed similarly to the congregation. But if I went in there and he has like a giant flowing robe with like a weird hat, I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Um, so I would think, well, Mark, are you, you know, are you putting on a play? Or are you making a point? Did, did some pastorship title go to your head? Like, uh, what's the reason? So I don't know how to answer that any better other than trust your gut. If something seems odd or out of place, let that at least be an orange flag that warrants further investigation. And, you know, if you're like, okay, well, the guy's got robes, but, uh, you know, his theology, I've listened to him and it's sound. So it just seems like maybe he's a little eccentric and it's a, uh, personal fashion choice that I don't get, but it seems like his heart's in the right place. So, you know, orange flag can now turn into a green flag. Um, if it's like, no, no, he's doing this because only the, the Lord's anointed can wear such vestments and they're holy. And if you touch them, you'll be healed. Freaking run. Oh gosh. He had a staff too. <laughs> and I also saw something online because I wanted to know, is this man like a Catholic or something? And I saw like a Catholic Facebook page shared like a clip from one of his sermons. And he basically said that us as Protestants have something to learn from the Catholic Church, whatever that means. So that was interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, if I wanted to be super generous, a broken clock's right twice a day. So, I mean, you know, I, I still learn things from Catholicism, not about like, you know, deep spiritual truths. But it's nice for, for like scholastic study. So it's like, oh, um, you know, what, quote, saint uh, did this? Oh, is this history lesson? So, you know, there's things like history and stuff like that that I would say, which probably isn't what he meant. But I would say, OK, sure, I can still learn some things from the Catholic Church um, as far as how to be in good terms with God, my spirituality. No, not a thing. They should be learning from us. Um, not, not to be prideful. I mean, less is more. So the way, if the way to salvation is Jesus Christ um, and him alone, then you don't need him alone and a pope and church tradition and confession to fathers. Like, less is more. Keep it simple um, in that sense. But, I mean, you know, yeah. 
So I, I, we can certainly learn stuff. I mean, you know, we, we learned stuff from Satanist Jamesy yesterday about the Church of Satan. Um, it's do, done nothing for my eternal soul, but we learn a little bit of history about it. Um, so if it's in that context, sure, we can learn. I, I doubt, based on everything you said, it's in that context, though. Unless that's why he was trying to bring in the robes. Maybe that's why he wants you to learn from the Catholic Church, how, why he can wear his weird robes now. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what he was actually saying, but it definitely wasn't like anything you were referring to. Yeah, and like, I mean, you know... <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Just like looking back on when I was there, it was, I, it's, it was just crazy because, you know, when, when Jesus warned us to um, be wary of wolf in sh- wolves in sheep's clothing... He really did seem like a sheep. He really did. Like, he seemed like a humble person. And then everything just unraveled when I actually started reading the Bible. And it's just sad. It's sad because a lot of people idolize this person. I even saw the other day he came to London because he's based in Ghana. He came to London and everyone was, like, cheering. Everyone was recording him. And he was just, like, walking <laughs> and they just I don't know it was just really strange like a celebrity well it has th- these things have a way of catching up with people like there is a guy in I forget the country it's somewhere in Africa I think it was Ghana adjacent it may have been Ghana I don't know but um there there is a guy who was a pastor and then I guess it got uh a, it got to his head and it was around Easter it was hilarious I mean probably not for him but he was saying that he was the uh, he was actually Jesus, and he was the resurrected Jesus. And I guess because he'd been obviously probably preaching heresies for years, um, that his congregation um, he he had to flee and get placed under like emergency protection from like I think the police or the government because his congregation believed him. And even though he claimed he was the resurrected Jesus, um, they were trying to chase him down and crucify him. So. Theologically speaking, when the resurrected Jesus comes back, no one's going to be trying to crucify him. He's going to be coming back, you know, um, all kingly and conquering kingly. So their theology is bad. Another side point of bad heresy, or of heresy. But it was hilarious because this guy, he's like, yeah, I'm the resurrected Jesus. And his congregation believed him so much that they thought it was their duty now to crucify him and give him like, because somehow that made sense to them. So, uh, yeah, these things have a way of um, catching up to them. So I, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he's, like, still safe or under protection. But, um, yeah, heresies – yeah, be careful what you, be careful what you say. Um, and then the last thing I would say is um, we, we had this pastor one time, and it was talking about, like, you know, prophecies and people that want to be um, noted uh, for, you know, like, being, like um, – like, accolades. Like, oh, I have this spiritual gift, or I have this spiritual gift, or – Oh, you know, God speaks to me in this way. And they're, they're like being all like weird about it. Like, you know, big, big arm waving movements, big, like, you know, words and like, thus saith the Lord, la, la, la. It's like, look guys, don't be weird. Like Jesus wasn't weird. Like, you know, Jesus, the disciples, the people through the New Testament, there, there's nothing that, you know, shows that their spirituality and the belief in Jesus caused them to be like weird. So, so it's like, look, tell people the gospel, uh, you know, just tell what you need to tell, believe what you need to believe. Uh, you know, if you need, you want to share something God's put in your heart, do that, but don't be weird. Like there, there's zero benefit 
like either you're all like pumped up in your head wanting attention that's going to like you know divert from the message of Christ anyway um there's no benefit to it so don't be weird and that stuck with me ever since I heard that and it was it was hilarious but um yeah I should look that up I'm wondering what happened to that guy now someone else wants to google it too like guy that was uh said he was resurrected Jesus congregation wanted to crucify him for Easter but uh, on that note um, I think I will take off. I've got to get some stuff done. So thanks, Gia. I'm glad you joined us. And Rich, uh, thanks for being here. And Oh, Jamesy, uh, I, I just noticed you. Do you have anything you wanted to say before I take off, if you're still speaking? Well, I am wondering, like, do you guys want to condemn Hillsong? I, I watched the documentary yesterday, and I found it pretty interesting. Um, I actually haven't watched the documentary, and I only know some stuff related to Hillsong. Uh, I actually like the music. So I'm usually like the odd one out when they're like, no, Hillsong, no, Hillsong. I mean, again, broken clock, right, twice a day. So, you know, for whatever flaws or faults they may have, um, you know, th there's what actually happened versus what people say happened, right? Because if someone's like, oh, they're a, her they're a her heretical group because of this. I'm like, okay, well, is that actually true, though? So trust but verify, right? So I, I guess I'm just slow on the verifying, so I'm withholding judgment. So if you ask some Christians around here, they're like, totally damn to hell, heresy. But then if I actually read it, um, I may be like, oh, okay, well, that's your interpretation. I actually don't see that the same way you do, therefore, fine. So I'm not one of the people to condemn Hillsong. Um, again, if what I've heard is true, then they've got some problems. But I know there's also like a, it's a massive organization. So does that mean like, you know, Hillsong United is the same as Hillsong California is the same as Hillsong whatever? Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of questions I would have before I try to pass a judgment on like the entire group. Um, cause I just, I just don't know that much about it, but I, I quite like the music. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I appreciate the music. I still listen to it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's I'm all my thoughts. I'm convinced, I'm convinced they have authentic believers in their midst for sure. I, it's interesting that you went straight to the music because apparently the, the band was so popular that the church got their name from the band, but like in the context of like, we're condemning people for like wearing these godly garments and carrying staves and huge crosses and stuff. Like, I wonder if that could be applied to multi-thousand dollar sweaters and torn jeans. Bethel, Bethel's the really bad ones. Bethel? Is there yeah, a documentary Beth Bethel, about them too? Bethel's who they're associated with. Yeah, and they believe in grave sulking, so they lay on top of the tombs of, uh, of their dead uh, leaders and elders, and then they sulk up the the holiness of their leaders who passed away. And if they, they, they believe if they lay across the headstone that they'll soak up all his uh, glory and his righteousness. And Wait, then, Bethel's uh, yeah, affiliated Bethel. with Hillsong? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Since, since when? They're like an Australian thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Bethel. And Hillsong they, came out of Bethel. Yeah. They were. Buddies. Wait, 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 hang, hang on. Uh, so I, I know like Hillsong, I, I'm almost certain. The Hillsong started in like Australia and Bethel yeah. from Redding, California. Yeah, and they're, they're but they're associated with each other. They're like buddies and stuff, and they they believe so they in like became, the same doctrine and. So oh they yeah, yeah, they, like acquainted. They, well, affiliated. also, if you listen to if there's one of the Hillsong songs, if you listen to Wretched, where uh, the guy I haven't uh, heard that. Wretched, it's a YouTube channel. He's a oh. apologist, and, and he explains the he breaks down one of the songs where it's like uh, singing on one of the, I think it's a Hillsong or Bethel song. And uh, Bethel music is real big. There's like super popular. 
And uh, most of the songs you listen to on Christian radio are Bethel and Hillsong. And uh, one of the songs is like, Jesus, please come be near me. Jesus, be inside of me. I want to feel you inside of me. And it, it's like sexualizing Jesus is like he's like her boyfriend and he's like physically inside of her. And she's oh, wow. she's she's saying, you know, that, oh, Jesus, come be the spirit inside of me. But she's describing it as like, be inside of me. I want to feel you inside of me and lay next to me in my bed. And it's like, you listen to the really? lyrics and you're like, whoa, you're like, what'd you say the name of the song is? Uh, it, it look up Wretched and uh, on YouTube, and then look up a uh, Wretched. Uh, yeah, That's he's hilarious. there. It sounds like Wretched. Once you see the guy, content. once you see the guy from Wretched, you'll be like, I know this guy, and uh, he usually does universities and stuff like street evangelizing. But he's got a really big channel, super popular. But he breaks down like uh, Bethel and Hillsong and all that, and he talks about the grave soul king and stuff like that. And they also had like a twelve year old girl that was deceased, and they were they believe that just like speaking in tongues that they could bring her back to life. So they brought her like dead body in there for like a couple of days and supposedly prayed over it and stuff. And, and nothing happened. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you know, if that's true, I may, I may change a little bit of my stance, but again, yeah. I, 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 cause I don't know, because you said, you said Hillsong came out of Bethel, which I know is false. Well, cause they came from like, no, 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 they're, I mean, they're, they're like, okay. they're one in the same, like they're, Right, right, right. It's like I, 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 I hear you now. I, I hear yeah. you now. I, I'm just backing up because that was another. That's a good example of sometimes people say, say things that aren't exactly. So I'm with you now. Yeah. But in the beginning, that would have been like someone's like Hillsong came out of Bethel, which they came from like Australia with like Darling Sheck in like the 90s with like Shout to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And they were like they used to be affiliated with like the Assemblies of God, which you know is a legit Christian denomination. Um, and then I know there were some problems along the way, and I think at some point they they wanted out or they wanted to get out. But then at that point there was like some very manly, worldly stuff. Why they wouldn't uh, why they wouldn't separate because the assemblies of God um, <laughs> didn't want them to leave because. Mm -hmm. And this is the backstory I know, so I don't know anything like recent. This is the backstory from years ago that apparently the assemblies of God like legal legalistically wanted to keep them there because they were such a big name and they were profiting and making money. Not a whole lot of holy stuff going on here. But I think this is a lot of problems with man stuff, too. So that could be the root of a lot of the things that have gone maybe awry since then is instead of keeping about God, they kept it about royalties. Um, just, hey, just saying. Um, hang on. Oh, I feel like I keep having to ask for time in my own room. Why is this? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, then I was familiar with Bethel. And when I was familiar with Bethel, it was like years ago. I don't think they were super weird when I first was familiar with Bethel. Like I knew some of the music um, and then yeah, it definitely got weird. Um, and I, I don't really follow them. You know, I don't really follow any of this. Like when someone comes on the radio or on YouTube, I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, I like that song. I don't really check out their everyone's theology. But yeah, so if what you say is true about that, then that's really weird. Um, and if they're all buddy-buddy and affiliated now, um, I, I would still have trouble passing judgment on all Hillsong. Like, I don't know if there's, I mean, for example, if there's a Bethel version of Hillsong that's like next door to him, like doing grave stuff. Um, and there's still like the original, like darling Czech person back in like Australia. And mm -hmm. they're blissfully unaware. I'd be like, okay, well, I can't say all Hillsong is like demonic uh, because this person has no idea what's going on in California. And if they do, then, you know, maybe you should be unaffiliated. Um, yeah. So, I mean, again, but yeah, if what you say is true, that's messed up. That's, that's yeah. Check up. the, check the comments. I shared a link to the actual video I was talking about for Bethel. Okay. That's what I was trying to do before you jumped off. So I didn't, I didn't want you to hop off real quick and then be like, ah, crap, I didn't get it to him. So, yeah, it's in, it's in the comments if anybody wants to see it. Goodness. 
Okay, well, on that note, I am going to hop off. So, yeah, thanks for being here. Later, guys. Uh, Jamesy, did, uh, did you I, – I forgot. Did you have a follow-up to that, or I'll give you the last word? Yeah, I think my concern was more about, like, if a, if a church is really popular and it's, like, making itself really marketable and then teaching false doctrines, like, exposing somebody to the gospel in a way that's going to cause them to not believe, like, salvific issues – like that seems like a like a net negative for Christianity, and it would be behoove you to condemn them. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like the the whole grave stuff, that's freaking messed up. Um, you know, I and and this is like not even a spiritual thing. This is just like people. Like, right? Like, I could I could take what he said, and I have no reason to doubt him. I'm sure it's true. Um, I, I have heard the grave soaking thing about Bethel before. Haven't verified it, but yeah, like before I want to go out and condemn it, I'll say you know, like if true then yes, bad. But, you know, if I really wanted to make a point to go after heretical teaching, then I would want to know the heretical teaching in question, and then I would want to, like, research it to the best of my ability to find them actually saying this, not in a way where they say something, like, pretty innocent or a misstep, and then everyone condemns them under false pretense um, for their own agenda, maybe. Um, But I would want to actually hear it and be like, no, no, grave soaking. Yes, we soak up the holy juice from our dead skeleton leader um, yeah, we make no apology. I'm like, oh, holy crap, that's wrong. Yeah, that's like some sorcery, witchcraft, weird, no. That is that is heretical. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, other people may be quick to pull the trigger, but then I think, you know, trust but verify, that's that's not a bad way to go. Yeah, but, the, guy, but yeah. the guy in the Wretched video, he actually says exactly what James E. was saying, is that uh, he's, he's worried that, because he was explaining, uh, he has a guy that's on, an expert that's on there, uh, there's a guy in a wheelchair, I can't remember, but he's a, he's a big pastor, I guess, too. But he was saying that churches all over the world are just playing Bethel and Hillsong music nonstop. And I guess because it's copyrighted, every time they play it, they have to it's monetized, so they have to pay to play their music. And uh, <laughs> so his worry is, is that people will uh, watch the videos and they will see the little copyright at the bottom where it says Hillsong or Bethel. And then people, instead of staying in their church, will be like, I love this music. And wow, they're like singing and dancing on stage. And next thing you know, they start going to Bethel and Hillsong churches. And that's the problem. It starts pulling people in if they're teaching the wrong doctrine. You know what? That makes me think of something interesting. Um, my church and some other churches in the area for like quite a while now, because they used to sing like Hillsong and stuff like, uh, and like Elevation Worship and like, you know, they used to sing those songs a lot. Um, not the Jesus in me one. That's, that's weird. I've never heard of that. Um, but, you know, fine songs uh, with decent theological whatever. Um, but they used to sing those and they haven't for the longest time. And I'm like, why is that? So, I mean, maybe they've researched some of this and maybe that's why. Um, maybe they're like, no, we don't want to give pe- people these money. But, so it, it seems like they're trying to like, a lot of these other churches are trying to come up with songs on their own or get like royalty free or maybe maybe places that no one's heard of that are up and coming songwriters. Um, maybe that's the reason because I'm like, why is because the music doesn't sound as good or as polished because obviously they have a machine behind them doing that and probably the devil. If what you say is true, um, which I'm sure it is. Um, so so maybe maybe the devil's left rock and roll, which is why it sucks now. And he's into like, quote, Christian music. Uh, maybe that's where his focus is. But yeah, that, that could be interesting. I, I, maybe I'll ask someone at my church, but like, why did you guys stop doing uh, Hillsong so much? And why are you, you know, getting these other unknown songs? Yeah, like, that, maybe that's the reason. That video's got 3.1 <coughs> million views. So 
it's not like it got 10,000 views and nobody knows about it. But yeah, I would definitely say it's made its rounds around through the pulpits and been like, hey, pastor, you really need to watch this video. You know, because if oh, I was, wow. it, definitely I'd be running up to my pastor if I was 18 and be like, pastor, did you see this video? Should we be worried about Bethel and Hillsong? You know, and I guarantee a lot of pastors have cut it out. Yeah, and see, look at Jamesy down there playing with this. He, he's probably like got his like eye of Sauron. He's like rubbing right now to like <laughs> fill it with fill it with like souls of Christian yeah, like music. all the elevation music is <laughs> so, a little just weird. So I, I'm merely yeah, on one hand, my beard. <laughs> you're just going straight into you. That's like his version of grave soaking. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, on one hand, and it's like Paul and you know the whole early church spent lots of time, you know. Telling people and admonishing other Christians to stay on track. It's not that difficult. Keep it simple. Keep it the gospel. Keep it the cross of Christ. And stop doing weird stuff. Stop going off on other weird tangents and other weird stuff. It's not necessary. So keep the main thing the main thing. So, you know, if someone is like, you know, he says, for those who aren't reading, the more Christians call each other satanic, the better. Um, so the more Christian infighting, the better, I guess, you know, for evil or James's beard um, keeps it from going gray. <laughs> um, but it's not wrong. I mean, you know, if someone is, it just has a doctrinal difference. It's not a salvation issue. They get everything else right. It's just like, you know, can we speak in tongues? Can we not? Do we have free will? Do we not? Who cares? That's, that's, that's secondary. That's a non-issue. Uh, but if they're really like, you know, hey, let's follow Jesus and let's play with Ouija boards. Um, hey, here's some tarot cards. Let's see what Jesus tells you today. Like, no. Um, so, I mean, if it's wrong, call it wrong. And, you know, if that makes Jamesy happy, then fine yeah they're they're um, a little it, more indiscreet than, or indiscreet yeah and, yeah i'm trying to find the word but they're discreet. they're a little yeah they're a little better at hiding what they don't just openly come out and say that kind of stuff it's yeah, and people the, that are part of the church that are coming out and being like yo uh, do you guys okay. know these are grave soaking and stuff and <laughs> and then know. yeah and to the other part like we certainly shouldn't call christians you know unchristian or not true christians um if it is a non-salvation, like doctrinal issue or something like that, yeah. because then that's just, that's, uh, you know, <coughs> J- James is still happy, but it's, it's, uh, it's not, not proper. <laughs> so if they've got the Jesus part, right. And they're, and they're not doing super weird stuff. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. If everybody, going, yeah. Every, everybody in these pages and stuff like that are also terrified and worried about the, the Muslims converting people. And I'm like, the reality of people converting to Islam and stuff like that is, you know, kids that just absolutely know nothing about God whatsoever. And they're little deviants and they're told they can have all the sex they want and they can hate their enemies and stuff like that. The reality is the one that's really, really scary. I don't know if I'm guessing none of you guys are, but like the LDS church, the Latter-day Saints are. Oh, I want to talk about this, but I really uh, have to go. I'm I'm so late. <laughs> I know. Let's but I, let's I pick this up tomorrow if you're worried back. about them, you know, and going against them. So you guys be safe later. All right, or yeah, I won't be here tomorrow. But yeah, Monday. Let's pick up <laughs> pick up there in the LDS if you're back. All right, take care, everyone. All right, have an awesome day. Later. Bye.